Hello, everybody. It's another special podcast this week. Today, we will be discussing comic books, comic book games, movies, TV shows, everything. It should be a fun podcast. Um, I'm going to be hosting today. My name is Gary. Uh, Some of you may know me as KGB Gary from other podcasts, but I today will be KG Beast Gary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> who is a comic book character from DC. But um, I have a couple of fun comic book fans here with me today. Uh, first off, someone who already has a cool comic book name, Mr. Neil Bold. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Gary. And you? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm very excited for this podcast. Yeah, I am too. So much, so much to talk about. Oh, I know. We're supposed to have a bigger lineup, but some people can make it scheduling conflicts, which always happens, which is unfortunate. But yeah, I think we've got enough in us alone to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have another one of those epic podcasts that last. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? This one can last for four hours. We don't know yet. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> be more expanded than the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we also have today Mr. Ben. Ben, how are you today? I'm pretty good, thank you. And how are you? I'm I'm pretty good. Like I said, very excited today. Uh, ben, what what's going to be your superhero name? Uh, I don't know. It has really? something to do with goats. You'll be Goatman. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Goat. Goatman. You troll goats. <laughs> uh, my my parents were killed when I was young, and then I was attacked by a random goat in the field. And then, then I then I thought, you know, what will scare the villains? I will be Goatman. The goat you just hide have... in the shadows and jump out and chew on them. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have your goat revolution. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic! Goat out my way. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, um, there has been a lot of comic book news coming out lately. Um, but for, before we get into all that, uh, I want to know your guys' favorite comic book characters. Uh, favorite mm. characters, favorite villains. Mr. Neil, why don't you let us know? Villains first? Sure. Sure. Oh, well, there you go. How about we do one, your favorite villain from DC and Marvel? Okay, yeah, that's good because... I, I, I throw in all the other ones like IDW and Dark Horse, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in separate bits, <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, easy one here because they both influenced my uh, PSN name, Son of Venom. Funnily enough, he's a Venom himself in Marvel. It's, I don't know, it's just the right time for me to start reading Spider-Man comics and he, it was about the time that Venom was big. Yeah, the Todd McFarlane sort of era. It was, yeah, a great, big, hulking, menacing character. And he was drawn in a great, badass way. But, um, yeah, the other one, of course, is Bane from uh, Batman. Just the fact that, again, it's another big, hulking, brute character, but the fact that he has such intelligence behind him, which, you know, most of the mainstream public wouldn't have seen with uh, stuff like Batman and Robin. Yeah. But, uh, was it Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah, that's it. Can't remember which one was the more terrible one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Bane, Bane hasn't really been portrayed very intelligent outside of comic books. No, I mean, I, I, even Tom Hardy's portrayal was just 
wrong. Well, I, well, in essence, I think his portrayal would have been good if not for the big reveal at the end. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it, and it's just made it a bit. Mm. That, but I don't know. It was changing a character too much. I think again, it's like the Batman and Robin version and that and Tom Hardy's version. It's like two ends of the spectrum with that character, mm. and he when he should be somewhere in the middle. You know, he's got that mind. You know, not quite as sharp as Batman's, but it's more clever than people would you know, seem to see him. Yeah, he's he's definitely, in my opinion, one of the most overrated villains Batman has. Or underrated, sorry. Underrated, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Controversy straight away. <laughs> yeah, because I mean he holds he holds quite a bit of victories over Batman. Um, yeah, I mean he's on one, he's again. defeated Batman numerous times. Because, you know, back in the day of you know, where internet wasn't there and you're reading the comic and you knew very little about what was gonna happen. Mm. You know, that whole backbreaking thing was actually shocking you know, so, and I read it like a year after it happened you know, because, and it was still you know, really shocking because you didn't have anyone to tell you oh this has happened, that's happened because yeah, where I grew up there weren't really many comic book fans and <laughs> mm. you know, it's, it's all about football and that, that age and yeah it was I said back then that's the sort of character I started out with was the Batman era of stuff Mm-hmm. So yeah. let me ask you about Venom really quickly. Do you like the new Venom they have right now? What's the newest Venom? He's uh, like a commando. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes and no. It's like I, I prefer how he appears in the Ultimate comics, mm-hmm. which is he's still like a big hulking sentient creature. Like the last time he appeared in the uh, Miles Morales sort of Ultimate Spider-Man comics. He was just some guy that the suit had picked so that he could go and hunt the new Spider-Man because it was intrigued by who the new Spider-Man would be. Mm. Like that, but he was just like a monster, not a character. So it was a nice different take from the psychological warfare that Eddie Brock sort of brought down on Peter Parker back in the day. But so- I don't know, it's, that's more like the Ultimate version was because um in ultimate Ozzy, peter and eddie are both teenagers which is where the film version of venom came from i think more to have a more slender skinny guy playing eddie brock yeah and yeah basically it was parker's father that made the basically made the venom thing as a cure i think it was cancer or something and yeah it was just like a biological agent if you will and Eddie ends up getting it. And yeah, I like that version of Eddie, Brock, and Venom as much as I like the original. Yeah. Like Matt Gargan had a go at it as well, didn't he? Yeah. And he wasn't too bad. Yeah. As a, <laughs> he's one of those that's just, you know, he's been jumping from character to character because that's the nature of him. And he, most of the time he works pretty well. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Commando one at the minute. Yeah. But... I, neither am I. He, he just. He, he looks like Black Panther with guns. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when he was part of the um, Dark Avengers, Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers as well. He was just, he did just seem like a dour, quipping version of Spider-Man. Yeah. That one as well, which is a bit weird, but yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I prefer the, the big hulking Venom with the long tongue, crazy teeth. Yeah, the, still thinking that what he's doing is right. 
Yeah. But blinded by the fact that he hates Spider-Man for being Spider-Man mm-hmm. and ditching him. Basically, he's like, he's a jealous ex. Yeah, and he just happens to be a giant slavering monster. The constant team-ups they have against Carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Carnage is one of those that I think gets too much thrown at him for being, oh, he's great. Personally, I just think he's a bit one-dimensional when compared to Venom. Yeah. And then all the spin-offs as well. I've always said if they introduce Carnage in any of the movies, it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to make it rated R because Carnage... I don't see Carnage as a PG-13 character. Yeah, but then something we'll probably discuss later is the way the television universe is going for Marvel. You can see outlets for the more violent characters. Yeah. Carnage vs. Deadpool was a good miniseries. Carnage vs. Deadpool? Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, I heard about that. Well, well, let's move on to you then, Ben. Favorite, Favorite villains? Uh, DC, I like. I always liked Sinestro. Um, I, I was a big Green Lantern oh. fan for a while. I actually bought yeah, a load of different comic books for Dead uh, for Green Lantern for a while. Uh, but then the uh, well, it's not recent now. It's about a few months now. The arc just got really pissy and annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't use our Green Lanterns because it hurts the the universe. We shouldn't use our rings anymore. <laughs> well, what's the point of calling Green Lanterns anymore if you're not supposed to use them? Yeah, that's Ooh, that's called cool. years of trying to come up with new ideas. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to stick on those. Oh, I won't use my powers anymore. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh no, we found out every time we use our powers, it drains the emotion of you know, that spectrum out of the universe. <laughs> and this makes great comic books because. Did- did they find a workaround for that one? Because you know that I, kind of damages the whole point. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have. Of course they <laughs> yeah. have, but it, they, they stopped using their powers, and they well, everyone but the Green Lantern stopped using their powers. The Green Lanterns were going around telling people off every time they used them. But they used <laughs> their powers to stop the people from using them, so it just made things worse. Oh, don't use those powers because we'll use ours to stop you from using them. But then, of course, you're going to have to use yours to counter ours, so. Yeah, but Sinestro, yes. Yeah, Sinestro. I liked him because he, I think he understood. Yeah, the fact that he, yeah, I just liked him as a villain. He's, a, yeah. he, he's one of the few ones I think that. Yeah, go on. Sorry. As a Yellow Lantern, he was pretty cool. Yeah, I think he was one of the few characters, DC side, outside of Batman or Superman that actually got done right. I mean, the Green Lantern film was nothing at all, but yeah. you know, Mark Strong as Sinestro was actually quite good. Oh, yeah. I think perfect Sinestro. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it was just—it's a shame that characters, people that do good roles in, you know, the low-par films, just aren't going to get to do them again because they'll reboot. Yeah, I got really like excited whole... about the sequel because of the fact the way the teaser at the end of it, just because yeah. of the fact it shows Sinestro with the yeah becoming a Yellow Lantern. But oh my god, the next movie's going to be brilliant, and then I realised no, there's not going to be a next movie because it's moving so bad. Yeah, we, we will definitely discuss that movie. Yeah, some things. Among should be, others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something should be left alone, though. Um, yeah, and why Ryan Reynolds in your film, um, comic book film, is probably not a good idea for some reason. Uh, uh, what about Marvel for you, Ben? Uh, I think I think there's one villain that I I think I I can pick easily over everyone. Mm-hmm. Thanos. I I, I just yes. love him. <laughs> I love overpowered characters, so I love Thanos. 
I love Avil Parakowski yeah. that screw themselves over like that. I've seen I've seen that panel so many times where he drops the, the Infinity Cube from a helicopter by accident and gets arrested by the police. <laughs> <laughs> He's very reminiscent of yeah. you know manga style characters, yeah. you know, especially Dragon Ball Z. He's very much like a Dragon Ball Z villain yeah. in the way he is. Just he this overpowered. Make, he would make a great Dragon Ball Z villain. He would. I'd love to see that crossover. Yeah, so Thanos is actually really interesting because a lot of people, when, when they first showed him at the end of the first Avengers movie, like, in the theater, like, almost nobody knew who that was. Like, people were like, oh, that's Darkseid. I'm like, wrong universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Darkseid. <laughs> he looks that's like... where someone gets in front of their head. <laughs> yeah, Thanos is interesting because he is, like, incredibly powerful, but he doesn't really appear as often as I think he should, personally. Because well, yeah. he is powerful. He appear too much because of how powerful he is. Yeah, and there's and there's so many others like that that are you know all powerful. And when they come back, it's a bit like recently reading the uh, Ragnarok now thing of Uncanny Avengers and the Children of Apocalypse thing. It's just like it's the same shit that they did with Apocalypse all over again. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's like oh end of the world, yeah, but someone will save us, won't they? Because you know. But yeah, it's so I think it's nice to use characters like that sparingly because then you don't have them getting their asses kicked again and again, you know, in different ways, and they don't become less powerful in your eyes of what they should be. Yeah. All right, well, I also love the fact that one of his main reasons was just to just to see death, date her, like like with Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for, for you guys, I think you kind of already know my favorite. Uh, well, you know my favorite hero. But uh, villain-wise, um, from DC, um, I love Darkseid. Um, I think Darkseid is, is a very unique character simply because I, I love when he fights. He doesn't really fight. He just kind of stands there and just shoots his laser beams the whole time and just owns everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that and I, he, he's technically not, he doesn't want to destroy things. He wants to rule things, you know, like he just wants to be the ruler of everything. It's not about killing. It's about ruling for him and everybody bowing to him. And like, I, I just love the characters They're like this monotone dialogue. Like he just says like a couple words and then, you know, he gets his point across right away. Yeah. Cause he's not like, I'm not here to get attention. I'm here to get what I want basically. Yeah, like he's not one to talk. He's one to act. He's one of those villains that doesn't talk before the fight. He just goes and does what he needs to do. Yeah, which is you know, rare with a lot of comic book villains. Yeah. You know, e- even in non-superhero stuff, comic book-wise, you get villains that just don't shut up. <laughs> it's like even I mean, The Walking Dead is a good point for that, where you just get villains that talk your ear off and you just think, yeah, just kill people, which they do too, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So Darkseid for me, like I'm, I, I love that character. I'm really excited for Darkseid's War that's coming up in the comics here soon. Um, ah, yes, that's soon, isn't it? Yeah, we'll we'll get to to that in a little bit too. I'm super excited for that event. But um, on the Marvel side, uh, it's it's really hard for me because I kind of consider the X Men universe separate from the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, so do I. It's just one of those things i don't know why it's It's something that i I, i've always thought that they have to separate those universes um simply because like no mutant ever appears in a marvel universe unless an x-men character is involved 
Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of irritates me. But other than that, um, if you consider him a villain at this point or not, um, it's up to you. I will still consider him a villain, and that's Magneto. Um, yeah, overall. I mean, in the history of everything, he is the foil to Xavier. So Yeah, um, I've always loved Magneto. Like The fact that he can just destroy the planet whenever he wants at this point, um, really just... like The whole character just makes me really happy whenever he appears. Uh, I know he hasn't appeared in the comic books for a while now, I believe. Um, you know, his House of M storyline was fantastic. I don't know if you guys ever read that. Um, yeah, that's a great story, that is. Yeah, the, the whole Age of Apocalypse scene where he's the hero now, and he's he's fighting, you know, he's dating Rogue because he found a way to, to for her to be able to touch him. Um, I just love that character. You know, what he does to, to Wolverine, you know, rips out the adamantium. Yeah. It's yeah, one of the big sort of things to happen in X Men as well. Yeah, which pretty much led to the most powerful comic book character ever to be created <laughs> in Onslaught. Something that I believe Marvel has been trying to forget for a while now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Onslaught. Yeah, um, but but yeah, you know, Magneto for me has has always been one of the better ones, and Michael Fassbender. Um, I think just kills that role as Mag- as a young Magneto. Yeah, the only thing that's like irks me about his his version is the accent, just veering here and there. It's... Yeah, it kind of jumps around a little bit, which which you do notice a little often. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah there are certain accents that just if you hear them lilt any way one way or the other, you notice too easily. I think, especially for me, having Irish family, you you know that accent and you can pick it out. Even in someone who's putting on an accent different to that, if they're of Irish origin, you hear it. Yeah, yeah, Hibbs was a bit mishmashy, <laughs> but yeah, character-wise, he was he, on point. Yeah, so I, I loved his performances. I'm really excited to see him in the Age of Apocalypse movie coming out next year. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, th- those are my two. Uh, what about heroes for you guys? Oof. Ben, you want to go first on this one? I got some thinking to do on this one. <laughs> yeah, I've got something to do really for DC because uh, again, I've not really what uh, paid much attention to comic books recently. Uh, no. oh, oh, I can go then. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do it in reverse order. Yeah. For for me, it's Batman. Um, yeah. Well, Batman, <laughs> Batman was my first introduction to comic books uh, when I first came to America. Uh, one of the first cartoons I ever saw was Batman the Animated Series, um, which, in my opinion, is still the greatest animated series ever made. Um, but yeah. since I saw that, um, fell in love with the character. Um, I found out he was a comic book character. I, I would try to get as many as I could. Um, couldn't really afford too many of them. But ever since then, I think Batman has always been number one, and for, for me especially. I, I bought almost every Batman game that I could find. I, I before the whole Super Nintendo, <laughs> so it's like PS One and onward. <laughs> <laughs> Even the the absolutely terrible ones that they, that they've released. Uh, oh, I, there, there were some terrible ones. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like to to me the the uh, what is it? The one that came out on the GameCube. Uh, I don't even remember the name anymore. Ah, oh, that. The one based on the animated series on that one. No, it was one that was made by I think Square Enix actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't remember its name, but uh, I think that was like the Batman version of Superman 64. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not quite as bad because no one remembers it that badly. That yeah, anymore. which is a shame because from what I heard, like it had one of the best stories um, that, that, that have been written for a Batman video game. And it's a shame I never got to actually experience the story because I couldn't even get past the first level. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bat- DC, Batman for me, um, easily. Um, yeah, for, for Marvel, uh, it, it's kind of difficult because there are so many Marvel characters. But yeah. for it's me, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the Punisher. Um, I've always loved Frank Castle. Sorry. <laughs> Can one of you guys go on right now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Seems like Frank Castle heard you. And <laughs> okay, sorry. No, okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> um, Frank Castle, uh, the Punisher. Uh, yeah, I love that character. I love his backstory. You know, murdered family. It's kind of like reminiscent of Batman's story. You know, yeah, it's all like family. the opposite end, isn't it? It's yeah. Like... Except he's not the son. You know, he's the father who loses his entire family and. In a way, he's kind of Batman, but he just kills everything. It's not about yeah. justice for him. It's about cleaning up the streets. <laughs> he's like, well, I could afford fancy gadgets, but, you know, better just kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of everything. Um, I, I kind of stopped reading Punisher after they did Frankencastle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as we were discussing yesterday, it's probably one of the worst examples of, uh, of doing things like that in comic books. Yeah. You're telling me you I, haven't read Punisher versus Eminem? <laughs> no, I have not. Which is a real comic. Oh man, <laughs> that's just bad. But yeah, the Franken Castle thing just really killed that character. Actually, Mar- I think Marvel's been killing that character for a while now. Like every time I get a, a, a Punisher comic book or I see one, it's always like twelve issues long, and then they have to reboot it again. <laughs> Thirteen issues, and then reboot it again, and it's like. It's it's. I don't know if they know how to write the character anymore, or there's just nothing to do with him. I think it's stuff like you know, where they did the specials, like where he basically kills the Marvel universe. <laughs> Which stuff like that? <laughs> they just got into that rhythm of going, "Well, we'll just do this, and then we'll just start over again." You know, it's it's easy. I mean, it's it's strange character for that respect because you know, in his universe, if he kills stuff, it stays dead generally. So it's not like. Other comic book heroes where, oh, you know, Norman Osborn's died again. And it's like he won't be coming back for at least three comics. And then yeah. here he is, repaired the hole in his body or face or whatever. And uh, yeah, and that's, I think that's the problem he has that he needs to reboot because there's just no one left to kill. <laughs> Simple as that. He's like, well, I've wiped out half of New York. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, and, and despite what people say, I actually enjoyed uh, the Thomas Jane ah, see, movie. Tom Jane was awesome in that. Yeah, and then they released that uh, Dirty Laundry short film. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Um, uh, no, my next one was, uh, the, was it Warzone, the film they did? Yeah, Warzone. Yeah, Punch Warzone, which was fucking awful. You know, it's just... <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was like a really bad... Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson? What am I thinking of? That's not right, is it? Charles Bronson <laughs> is an actor. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 
yeah. Low budget remake. That's what it, that's what it, it was just terrible. I mean, yeah. It was, that's awesome. <laughs> when your film's worse than the one that's got Kevin Nash in, then yeah, you, you've done it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's the, the first one with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget David Hasselhoff was Nick Fury. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> But yeah, those two are for are mine. So, uh, yeah. Ben, did you get a chance to think about it? Uh, yeah, but I'm probably going to go with generic Superman as my favorite DC character because, well, I'm actually a fan of Superman. So, uh, I I purchased I purchased all his comics until I stopped. Yeah, you know, when the shop got shut down, sadly. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, Superman's my favorite uh, DC hero. And of course, Marvel is. I think it's obvious based on the way I am, but Deadpool. Deadpool <laughs> is my favorite Marvel. I, I love Deadpool. I have ridiculous. I like. I think I have about twelve of his annuals. I have his <laughs> the complete all these sets of him. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Deadpool kills the what's it? The literal unit. You know, what the weird universe where he goes around killing Moby Dick and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that yeah. One. sorry, yeah, I just remember that. Yeah. And then there was another yeah, one as just... well. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Deadpool versus Carnage, which I mentioned earlier. Mm. Oh, Deadpool versus Deadpool as well, where he fights uh, Galacticus Paul and stuff like that. Very nice. <laughs> There's that Deadpool versus The Walking Dead or something like that too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've got that as well. Yeah. He just he's a great character to just sort of break out of normal comic constraints with just because you could just do anything with him really I if mean, you want current, last i knew he's currently married to a vampire queen yeah i think they're in the process of having one of the let's kill him off things aren't they yeah they're doing the death of deadpool right now yeah which no doubt be some sort of mickey well, they did take before, didn't they? which you can't really kill deadpool Maybe yeah you can't it. kill many people if, in comics because the they come uh, back <laughs> Uh, I think it was Thanos, yeah, Thanos that um, cursed him with eternal life. <laughs> because uh, Deadpool used to try and kill himself constantly so he could try and flirt with death. But as, <laughs> as Thanos is a big, uh, is, is, is dating death, yeah, that makes sense, but this is comic book, so yeah. Yeah. Um, he cursed uh, Deadpool with eternal life so that he, could, he, he couldn't flirt with death anymore because he couldn't die. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a curse. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Yeah, um, my, my, my only problem with Deadpool is I, I like him when he appears in other comic books, like a team-up or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But but standalone, I think it's a little too much for me. Uh, see, I don't mind him in the standalone ones. In fact, I love him in the team-up, so, but uh, standalone, not too bad. Depends on who the writer is. Really? Yeah, like to me, it just gets a little too yeah. over the top for his character when he's just by himself. Yeah. But I love him in in, in team ups and whenever he yeah. shows up, other because yeah. he pokes fun at the things that are quite cliche in other comic books in the series, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what makes him funny because he's just there, sort of as that meta thing of you're going, hey, this is what's wrong with our comics on this uh, this this tired old trope we do here, and he'll just poke his little come in it and go ha yeah when spider-man was still being yeah was still doc ock you know when they did that switch up yeah 
uh, yeah. Deadpool was one of the first people to notice this change. And there was also uh, an issue, I can't remember what issue it was, it's, I've got it, it's a good one, where he teams up with him and steals his outfit, swings off a Spider-Man and pretends to be <laughs> Spider-Man for his Deadpool. Yeah, I, I've not long finished reading that series, it's a really good series as well. Deadpool pretends to be Spider-Man and Spider-Man pretends to be Deadpool. <laughs> Only it's not Spider-Man, but yeah. yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Doc Ock is pretending to be Spider-Man, pretending to be Deadpool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what about you, Neil? Um. Well, I'll start with DC because it's slightly easier on the hero front, but uh, it's always going to be a two-way tie for me. It's always Batman and Superman. Just, just to combine your answers. But um, I don't know, Batman, again, like you, Gary, that was my first real big experience with a comic book character. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, it was the first one I sort of read. But Superman was there as well, not long after that. Like I said, I started on DC stuff before I ever got into Marvel. And, I don't know, just... Superman's very much like the other things in my childhood. I like, like you know, Hulk Hogan and things like that. They're, it's, they're big characters, and you know, it's like they'll get beat down and then they'll save the day. And it was, it's the perfect thing for kids. Uh, the things they did later with suits really suited them as well. You know, just different ways to punish it. It's something that you can do with characters that are very vanilla in themselves. Is to make the situation around them interesting. And see how they react to it. I mean, you see it with Captain America, who again is not one of my favourites, but we'll get into that. Uh, yeah. And you know, you you give them some sort of dilemma that only could affect someone with their moral standings or their problem, their powers. Like in um, Superman's case, it's you know the Injustice series, like we said before, Gary. It's uh, it's a good example of showing what would happen if Superman just said, you know, flipped his shit and decided that he wanted to go bad. It's a problem that wouldn't normally be there, but it's something you always want to see. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Just flipping the the norm with characters like that is great. And you just get to see a whole new side of it. And that's why I like, still like characters like Superman. And the reboot with New 52 as well, I've enjoyed Mm. I'm glad there are Superman fans here because that guy gets so much hate. Well, it's like on both sides of the fence because him and Captain America, I, they're both characters I love, mm-hmm. and probably and like I said, for the same reasons. They're just the the good guy. They're the you know, there's very little gray area in what they do, but they live in a world that isn't quite like that, and that's where the fun in it comes. Mm-hmm. Um. Marvel. Oh, Marvel is a tough one because there's so many. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll give nods to the runners-up here, but um, Gambit's always been one for me where X-Men concerned. I just absolutely love Gambit. And again, another one I was a bit annoyed that he didn't get a good run at all in any film yeah. by the uh, Wolverine movie. And again, just another actor given a good role and it'd be wasted after five minutes. And so he gets. <clears throat> sorry, um, yeah, Captain America is another one again, like I said. But it's always going to be Spidey for me. Just, but he's the first 
superhero I really just really really got into despite you know having all that time with Batman and Superman his comics his TV shows and stuff like the animated stuff that's the character it's just it was a character easy to empathize with and then you know just before the, the Sam Raimi movies came out and that whole ultimate run started again I just the character clicked with me again because you know I was just still in my teens you know, my late teens and the characters of a similar age and you just you get the vibe they were going for with it the, I guess the Bendis run and yeah it's just it was a great reinvention of the character he's he's like every man but he has you know he's not rich he's not popular he's not muscle bound he's just this little he's this little kid who's got a mouth on him now that he's got these powers and finds it difficult to sort of work everything out and it's something they did well again you know when they killed spider-man in the ultimate universe and miles morales took over they managed to make the character relevant all over again because they just had this kid who you know is trying to live up to the legend of you know, an established character and just finds it really hard and difficult and it's seeing the same things that spider-man had to go through before but through fresh eyes and with that expectation already in place and it's like so yeah, i as much as i love peter parker morales has just been brilliant too and it's, it's a shame that he's going to get shunted to the background now that they've sort of resurrected peter again Here's a question then. Um, who do you think they should use for Captain America Civil War then? Which Spider-Man? Well, by the sounds of it, they're going Parker. Because, uh, last I heard today was um, Asa Butterfield is playing him. He's the kid from the film Hugo. I think this is the best thing I can think of he was in. Okay. So, like, he's got dark hair, blue eyes sort of kid. Which, fair enough. He's 18 years old as well. And it's, so they're going back to the ultimate route him being a kid in school having to deal with school life and then go on to have to fight things in his bed okay fair being enough. in a brawl yeah, but just, for some yeah. reason in my mind i believe they're going to use miles morales yeah there was a heavy rumor of that and it would have been cool it really would have been it's like but yeah either way i don't mind it's like it's it would have been a nice change from you know the fact they've already done it twice with Peter Parker. Or they can just bring back Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah, but guys, the guy's forty odd now. Right? <laughs> so it's, like, it's like unless you're doing like the future storyline where he's got a daughter being Spider Girl, and it's like no. It's hey, not. maybe maybe he's retired and he has to come back for the Civil War. Yeah. It's like, well, where were you during the Avengers thing? Uh, I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> so, I, was, I was too busy dancing down the street like a complete tard. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, I suppose he was already in just... a cameo in Avengers 1, I heard. No, he was in X-Men, he appears. The first X-Men film, it was like, he uh, appears in an Easter egg during the final fight. But, yeah, that was before he was even in his own film with Sam Raimi's series as well. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's like an Easter egg. It's like um, during the final fight, he's up on the flagpole. But it's like you can only do it through some DVD menu nonsense at the time. 
back you know, back when that was like, ooh, really exciting that you get Easter eggs and stuff on the DVDs. Wow. Yeah. yeah going back to the uh, Superior Spider-Man run, where Octavius is being Spider-Man. It's that, again, just another good take on the character. Just this guy who's trying his best to be a good man, a good Spider-Man, but still having these slightly psychopathic tendencies to just go, you know what, well, I could just not kill this guy. I think I might just beat the living crap out of him and shoot people with guns instead of just doing it the old Spider-Man way. <laughs> and just like the way he makes Peter Parker and an arrogant scientist as well. Just like, yeah, let's do this. And he just does things that Peter couldn't do because of his kind of just being generally moral. Yeah, like, the idea always sounded weird to me, but it, it, that's what I mean. Everything about it is ridiculous, apart from what actually happens. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> we just talked about the whole Deadpool scene and the costume thing, and it being you know, Doc Ock being Spider Man being Deadpool was just stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just cool. It's like you get him trying to get villains to give up on being villains like he tries to convince vulture to stop because he was friends with vulture and saw him as an equal that didn't want to go fighting and causing chaos but just to you know further science but yeah he just naturally just gets into a fisticuff with that yeah it's so i mean another character that many iterations of over the years yeah not all have been great but majority of just when they've gone big changes they've done really well with it it's just that i'm still excited for spider-man things to this day is something says something mm-hmm. yeah he's the man <laughs> well already let's uh let's move on to some uh video games then um yeah. there have been a crap ton of comic book video games <laughs> <laughs> just a few <laughs> No, there have been there's been comic video games since Atari came out. Yep. Um and about ninety percent of them absolutely suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, I think I can count on one hand <laughs> the the good the really good ones. Yeah. Um so they've been around for a while. Um both Marvel, DC, and there's obviously been a lot of um independent ones as well i mean there's oh, yeah. the, the alien vs predator one which i think a lot of people just say oh it's a 20th century fox video game but no, it's, uh, yeah. it, it, it technically you know the they own the rights to the characters but it, aliens vs predator is a dark horse comic book um yeah for those who don't know they've they've had a lot of spinoffs with dc um i don't know if you guys ever remember reading the batman superman versus aliens versus predator Robocop, Terminators, <laughs> things like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of spinoffs. I think uh, DC actually has had more spinoffs with uh, the independent um, publishers or comic book publishers out there than Marvel has. Um, I think they have a pretty good relationship. But a lot of video games. Um, what has been some of your guys' favorites? Um, let's start with you, Ben. Well, I think everyone can answer with the Batman games. <laughs> the Batman Arkham games? Yeah. yeah games. I, I've played all of them except for Origins so far. And I've enjoyed all of them. So. And Origins isn't as bad as people make out. It's just not as good. 
as the other ones. It's the Dark Souls 2 conundrum. It's like, it's good, but not by the standard of its own series. Mm. I think it was just timing for me. when it came, I still want to pick it up, but when it came out, there was something else I was going to purchase. It was just yeah. timing for me. Um, uh, but I'm looking forward to Arkham Knight. In fact, I pre-ordered it uh, last week, in fact. So I'm ready now. <laughs> uh, we were definitely going to discuss Arkham Knight. Yeah. What's going on there. <laughs> uh, and this, well, some of the Spider-Man games, I say some. Some, I can count three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Two is probably the most standout of all of them. Though. That was for years. Game. That was the pinnacle. Yeah. I think it was that was the best. That was the comic book video game. Yeah. I think. And it was at the peak time as well, because you know, with the films being successful, so it was just like the perfect time to be into Spider-Man because you had that. The ultimate comics and the films and it's just brilliant time yeah well i think i'll go through the rings and i'll pass it to neil <laughs> <laughs> yeah so right there. yeah that was... <laughs> sure, oh yeah yeah so there again with your great advice there ben so... <laughs> yeah Sp- spider-man to a side and arkham aside yeah, uh, pretty much the pantheon of great comic book games. I mean, there's Walking Dead is obviously another one because it's based more on the comics than it is on the telly series, and it's better for it straight away. And the fact that they added new characters that weren't in the comic books and made a whole new story out of it, set in that same universe, was brilliant. Just the stuff they do with it, story-wise, it just worked so well and yeah obviously telltale riding that money train into the ground at the minute but so uh, <laughs> but yeah it was it's just one of those cool moments where uh, even at the time a relatively lo-fi comic book was getting this game that did so well and did it you know source material so well i think that's a more so than the wolf among us did you know the fable series which yeah, I feel the comic works better in that sense because the mistake they made there was you're playing an established character and you don't get the same emotional connection as you do in the Walking Dead series where you're playing as new characters created outside of the established. So you you generally you don't know what's going to happen to them as you find out at the end of season one of the Walking Dead. <laughs> you know you're not safe even from as the main protagonist. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's one of those great little games that still, you know, I've just finished it for the fourth time this week and the first season, and yes, yeah, just so much of it holds up, you know, even if it is a bit clunky and the load times are still ridiculously slow. It's, yeah, still a great game. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, what else is actually good that's comic based? 13 was actually quite good. I don't know if you remember that. 13 was good. It's a yeah. shame it was announced as well. It wasn't like a trilogy. Mm. And I, I think we everybody knew that there was no way it was going to be a trilogy. <laughs> Back in the day where everyone was optimistic. Yeah, yeah. There'll, be a, there'll be a sequel to Beyond Good and Evil right <laughs> around the corner. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it was it, really impressive what it did. You know, the whole cel-shaded first-person shooter thing that ended up becoming quite popular with Borderlands later on. But in, in such a style and 
I don't know, it's just the way it told the story through the comic book panels was good. Mm. I think after all that, it's other Spider-Man games, really. And the two, maybe three I could mention that were good. Ultimate Spider-Man was good because you could play as Venom, but it was directly after Spider-Man 2, so it was a bit of a come down because you didn't quite have the freedom that you'd had in that game. And probably the PS1 one, the first Spider-Man game. I mean, it's it's janky and horrible now, but it was the first cool Spider-Man experience I played. And other than that, I mean, you could probably count the Marvel versus Capcom series and Injustice as you know, being good within that rights. But you know, they're fighters with the guys in it, and that's it. The Marvel versus Capcom two is probably one of my favorite fighters ever. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. About all I can think would be good. The, the bad list is obviously a lot longer, but uh... I'll always remember the fact that I got into a lot of, I got into a lot of trouble with the comments because I did before I worked for PSU. I used yeah. to write for uh, Filthy Eskimo, his website. Yeah. Uh, and I gave Marvel vs. Capcom three a four and a half out of ten. Really? Yeah, and I got into so many comments. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I felt disappointed in the game when it came out. I, still... I don't know. The battle did what I wanted. Like, it felt a little, the, the... A little pared back. Yeah. It's just the fact that the lack of proper camp story mode, the lack of roster and all that lot. And I, I, put in the, I just put in the end of the review, wait until Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 gets announced. Which it did. Literally <laughs> just as soon as we published it, two weeks later after the review, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 got announced. So, yeah. Blame me. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, that, that is the Capcom way, unfortunately. Though. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to say uh, Deadpool game as well. I can't believe I didn't say that. I like that game. It was very funny, yeah. but as a game, beyond Deadpool himself, it was very badly detailed and oh, yeah. a bit generic. It was very but yeah. The humour dragged that game yeah. right through. That was mostly Activision's fault. Oh, when isn't it? Yeah. As is the fate of Spider-Man. And... Anything that's not Call of Duty. Oh, uh, just remembered Web of Shadows as well. That was another good one in the Spider-Man series because mm. it was all Venom-based storyline. Him taking over the city and it had Venom Wolverine in it. It's just oh, well. the best thing ever. Yeah, well, I I actually have a lot more uh, t- to discuss here. Um, there for me, there's been a lot. Um, outside of the Batman games, uh, the Arkham ones, I actually really enjoyed uh, Batman: Rise of Sinzu. That's the one, isn't it? That's yeah, it was. It was kind of the co-op beat 'em up uh, where they created the the Sinzu character. Uh, it was, I believe the character was created by uh, the same guys who created Harley Quinn in the animated series. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Sinzu didn't stick in the DC universe like she has. Um, no. And I thought he was a pretty pretty cool character. I also really liked that game because it focused more on the lesser known villains in DC, like Clayface, who is incredibly underrated in my opinion. Um, but there's that. Uh, I thought Batman Vengeance had a really good storyline in it as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever played Batman Vengeance. Um, I remember the name. I'm sure I remember that one. Yeah, it's... that one's also kind of based off of the animated series as well. Yeah, that's the one I remember then. Sorry, yes. Yeah, um, obviously the older ones like Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo I thought was a great game. 
Oh. Yeah, I quite like that. In fact, even the first Batman game was quite good. Yeah, and then I remembered uh, Batman Return of the Joker was one of the hardest games I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> this is one where you're just constantly throwing batterings. Oh, man, that game was so hard. Um, what else? Uh, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Oh, yeah. That, that was... was a phenomenal game. <laughs> that, if ever you get a game, that's... it was just the perfect Hulk game. It's it... like, here you go, here's some stuff to smash. The end. That was it. That's all we had to do. Yeah, that's... Worked. It was, isn't it? Like, you had all his abilities. He ran super fast, like we know the Hulk should do, but he never does. Um, Yeah, like, just, like, destroying the tanks, catching missiles in the air and throwing them back at the enemies. Like, everything you wanted to, to do as the Hulk, he can do in that game. And it's sad that we'll probably never get a sequel now that Free Radical is closed down. But... No, they've gone to... um. Who did they send them off to? Deep Silver, wasn't it? Oh. I think or someone else. Someone else has now got Crytek UK, who are oh, yeah. basically free, free radical. So, so yeah, again they get passed around. We wouldn't go even further from ever getting a time splitters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I die. Let them decide to think that the last thing they ever got to do was haze. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. There's the Punisher. That released on the PS2 and the Xbox and PC. Oh, that has some really cool execution. That yeah, that was a fun game. It got uh, censored in the UK, if I'm right, yeah. didn't it? It got censored everywhere. Yeah. That, that game, a lot of people don't know, that game was actually rated uh, adults only. Um, so in order to get uh, the M rating, they had to go in and do the execution moves black and white. And that was the only way they got the M rating before the game came out. honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, which some of those executions were pretty pretty damn brutal. They were. They, looking at modern Mortal Kombat, you just go, hey, what were we causing a fuss about? Yeah, if that came out nowadays, it would have been just fine. But yeah, yeah back then it was it was adults only rated. Um, yeah. There's also the cool uh, Punisher beat em up game that came out on the Sega Genesis. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played that one. It was made by Capcom. You play as the Punisher and Nick Fury. Oh, well. <laughs> Old school Nick Fury, isn't it? The white one. Yeah, the white one. Yeah, um, that game was awesome. It, it, <laughs> it was just a beat em up game, like Streets of Rage or um, oh, was man. it Final Fight? Um, I have some vague memory of that for some reason. <laughs> I may have thought I imagined it. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, it was one of the one of the beat 'em ups, one of the few beat 'em ups where you get actually a lot of guns. Um, you just find guns, you just start popping. But it was also pretty fun to do the melee stuff. But yeah, that game was great. Obviously, the the Spider Man two, uh, I actually really enjoyed Ultimate Spider Man. That was my favorite Spider Man game. Um, thought that was great. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance um, is one I lost a lot of hours to, um, especially the second one. Ultimate Alliance 2. Um, the the, the four-player beat-em-up kind of dungeon crawler aspect of it. Got really addicted to that. Um, I bought all the DLC, which I'm glad I did because it's no longer available on PlayStation. Um, you can buy it on Xbox uh, Marketplace for the 360 still, but for the PS PS3, it's not available anymore, which is kind of a shame because people lost out on Magneto and um, what's his name? Juggernaut, Black Panther, and a whole bunch of other characters that they released as DLC. 
which they can never get again. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Things like that happen. It's just, it's only just come up today with the whole PT thing, just the fact that you could lose stuff forever off a game and never see it again. Yeah. Because of the way digital stuff is. It's a bit of a shame, but. It is a shame. Yeah. But there, there, like I said, there's a lot. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I thought was a fun oh, game. Yeah, I am in love with Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And <laughs> the film especially is just one of my favorite films ever. <laughs> it, it was a very good film. A lot, of, a lot of hate for that film as well. Which is ridiculous because it just does everything right, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, went, I went to Toronto on my honeymoon and I went to Castle Homer, where, which is where... Chris Evans basically punches Michael Cera into that castle. It's like that scene, and just went there and just went looking. I went to the rails where he ultimately grinds all the way down into oblivion. So just just fun going there and finding all these little places that Scott Pilgrim was set. It's just (laughs) it's just it just spoke to me as a film, yeah, because it's it's gamer culture in every way, shape, and form. It was. I actually really like Brandon Roth's character. I like how he... Oh, it is, he was just one of my favorite things. <laughs> I think I annoyed people for weeks after that film came out because I just kept quoting the, the, the cleaning lady. She cleans on Monday. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there's, in my opinion, been only one good Superman game, and that was the death and return of Superman on the Genesis and Super Nintendo. It was also beat em up. Um, you got to play as some of the Justice League, except for Batman. Batman was not playable in that game. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's been a lot. You know, Ninja Turtles, Hyperstone Heist, uh, and X Men Arcade wasn't bad actually in the day. Oh, X Men Arcade when you had like the the two big screens and the four players, uh, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, there's a lot. Turok is a comic book game. A lot of people... oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's Judge Dredd has had games. They're not very good games, but he's had games. <laughs> yeah, Dredd is cool. I think he's on. Well, yeah, I think the film's on tonight. Over here, it's uh, the recent one. Yeah, which I found really good. <laughs> oh, it was a fantastic movie. It was. It was just yeah, um, I, I really enjoy Spawn. I just wish he had good games as well. Um, good anything, to be honest, outside of comics, because he just doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, Spawn Armageddon tried to do the whole Devil May Cry thing, but, yeah, but no. <laughs> they didn't succeed very well. <laughs> I remember a spate of games like that in the wake of Devil May Cry, especially. That just, you, you play them and you go, yeah, but it's not Devil May Cry. <laughs> Sorry, that was it. Yeah. Um, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, yeah. Age of Apocalypse was a good one. But yeah, there, there's plenty of games for a lot of people to to kind of look at and I'm I'm sure there's one for, for everyone's favorite character. Um well except for the Fantastic Four, they don't have a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Even Marvel doesn't love them anymore. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a shame, you know. Marvel Marvel has had more games than DC and yet like they, they were good before DC got good, but now like they're really slacking on their games and I, I feel like it's kind of Activision's fault where it's just a cash cow to them now. Yeah, and the fact that they get success with the Lego games on both sides, I think, as well. It's just, I mean, the next one is the Avengers Lego game. And that's, that's the only tie-in with the film. Yeah, and, and now, let's kind of discuss this for a little bit. Um, they just announced their deal with Telltale Games. 
Mm. Um, what do you guys see coming out of it? Is this a good idea for Marvel or or not? Why don't you go ahead and yeah, good. Oh, well, go ahead, Ben. You can, you can go first. I can just see Walking Dead Marvel style, like every other Telltale game recently. Yeah. I'm not excited at all. Which well, is kind of a shame if you really think about it that way. See, this is the thing I say that, and to me, there's something different about each of Telltale's games. Yes, they run on the same engine and they do the same thing, but they all feel different. It's like Game of Thrones decision making to me feels a lot different to The Walking Dead because in The Walking Dead it's like eh, you, you fucked either way because the world is cruel and horrible and something will ultimately end this in a bad way. But in Game of Thrones you have a problem with the authority. You have no power. You have no say in the world you're in and the slightest wrong thing will probably end in your death. It's minuscule differences, but it's the way it's told. And even going back to the Telltale's games before The Walking Dead, there's differences. Because again, they were more adventure-centric. You know, They were more like point-and-click games, whereas now they are sort of veering further and further away from that and more trying to tell the story than have puzzles. I mean, playing The Walking Dead Season 1 again, it became apparent between that and the recent Game of Thrones how little that Telltale bothered to do point-and-click adventure stuff in their point and click adventures and and again after playing another sort of retooling of uh that genre recently again it's they've taken it in a new direction and i think it's good that they resurrected that sort of genre but it's it isn't the same thing that many people from the past will remember you know it's not it's a million miles from grim fandango but it does great storytelling I think with the uh, deal they did with Lionsgate recently, you know, being that they wanted to branch out to do stuff that goes with television stuff, you know, so that it would accompany a teleseries or a movie or stuff, perhaps it will do this with Marvel and it will tie into certain TV series they're doing, like Daredevil or Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and just sort of tell stories from outside that. I said in an article a while back about stuff that Telltale could do that you could do a Batman game where you're not Batman, and you like Detective Gordon or something. Just an outsider hearing stories about Batman through criminals and stuff like that. And you could easily apply that to a Marvel story. Just being someone who's not a superhero, but living in a world that has it and how it affects you. And so so I've I still got faith that they can tell a story in it. You know, I, I can see both sides. I mean, there, there's obviously characters in Marvel where you can just do kind of this kind of a story like you're describing. But, like, to me, like, I, I think a lot of people will kind of see this. It's like, okay, well, let's make a Hulk game. How would you make a Hulk game with Telltales, okay? Um, do you make a decision? Do you break this thing or that thing? Yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> they don't necessarily have to do the same thing because they have financial backing now. Yeah. Maybe they won't rely on having to use the same engine to keep things safe. They might branch out and do a whole different kind of game. There's still that. Yeah, I mean, like they could definitely branch out from from what they know already. But and, and you know, it, it could be a very good deal. But I don't know. To me, it feels like they're going the safe route rather than going the kind of 
more expensive, more let's make this huge, you know, kind of like action game. Let's try to innovate our characters in, in video games. You know, let's bring the Avengers into the video game world. How would we do that? You know, to me, I think they're just going with a safe bet with a company that's had success with every franchise they've done. Yeah. And that's why I think they'll tell a story much like they have with, say, Game of Thrones, that you are just part of a larger story, but you are not the story. You are just an offshoot. So, you know, you'll see things that will happen in the world, maybe the television shows or the movies, but you are not directly involved with those. You are just having your own story that relates to it in a way and crosses over. So you get those little, ah, that's that bit from that bit. I mean, like you get in the beginning of Game of Thrones where you see you're in the aftermath of the Red Wedding. And it's like, but it's, Unless you know what the Red Wedding is, that's it. It's just not going to hold your hand and say, this is the Red Wedding. This happens at that. This is why this is happening. It's just, you know, hell's breaking loose and that's all you know. Yeah. In The Walking Dead, you know, in the first episode, you meet Glenn and Herschel. And you sort of get little setups for what comes later in the comic books. You know, like um, Herschel's first son dies because of Kenny's son, like that, and Glenn having issues about women because he couldn't save that one woman. And it just, it's nice little asides that add to the established dialogue. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping for if they do the stuff with Marvel and that they don't just go the lazy route and go, eh, well, you know, we'll tell a rubbishy story. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see which characters they they go with. I mean, they have two years what they announced for twenty seventeen, right? Yeah. yeah. So so it's definitely something interesting to see. Um, I'm I'm actually thinking they might go with the television route and do uh, a story from Agents of Shield. Actually, mm, yeah, it could do. Oh, another one could be just, just again on the back of Daredevil. Ben Urich's story could be an interesting one. Just being a reporter. Who deals with superheroes? Yeah, it's, just, it's another way to go. I don't know how excited I'd be for that though. Oh yay! Look, there's Iron Man. Look, he's right over there. <laughs> Can't play as him though. Oh look, there's four. Oh look, look, he's killing an enemy. You can stand here and uh, look at him. See, watch. Marvel just do so many things like that where you have backstory. I mean, like the Civil War storyline yeah. as well had like a whole comic dedicated to the press. And how they dealt with all the situations, like how they broke stories and trying to get information. It's, it's different for a comic book than a game, though, because... You know, oh, but because... you could see how they would combine that. Yeah. You know, it's like, if the Civil War is telling the story of Captain America fighting Iron Man, it's like, the little stories that were involved in that, in the comics, could be told through an episodic game. But if, if you play the game, you, you'll... You know, it's different to the comic book where you just, you know, you're reading it about it from the different point of view. With the mm. game, you're thinking, look, there's the Iron Man. Why can't I play as him? Yeah, but then if that's what... I would imagine that's what Marvel have gone to them with, knowing, it's like, well, they're a comic book company. This is a company that tells stories through their games. It's It will work in that sense if they do go that route. If they try going the action route, it will not work no. because that's what makes... That's probably the weakest part of Game of Thrones is whenever they try to do action, that's it just takes the puzzling out of it completely. And you get a very streamlined experience. 
Oh, well, we'll find out in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to see what they do, which characters they, they choose to go with. Yeah. Um, it, I, in my opinion, it really depends on what characters they do. Um, some characters you can do just the story, others you really can't. Like, you can't really do a story based with the Hulk, in my no. opinion. Like, well, you can, but if you're going... It'll be a waste Hulk, if you were playing Bruce Banner. I mean, yeah, no, just... nobody wants to do that. <laughs> no one wants to do Peter Parker's pizza round. Just... Yeah. And not, and not be Spider-Man. It's like, it would have to focus on people that either don't have powers, so to speak. See, Punisher could work to a degree. If you think about it, it's like, you know, they've got a history with doing gore and Telltale games recently, and yeah, a few quick time events of dipping someone's head into a meat grinder. I'm sure would uh, fit the character nicely. So it's, I told it, it's just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, let, let's talk right now about the biggest one coming out, and that's Batman Arkham Knight. Um, I think we can all agree right now that um, the Batman Arkham franchise has set a new standard for comic book video games. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's, in my opinion, set the standard for third-person combat in video games as well. Hmm. It's why Shadow of Mordor was as good as it was, because it borrowed that yeah. from... And then, and from what they say, you know, Arkham Knight will borrow stuff back from Shadow of Mordor now. Which I hope they take a nemesis system from them. Now. <sighs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> is that not perfect for Batman? Yeah, but we, we've definitely seen um, a lot of the stuff like the counter system in a lot of games now. Um, the Captain America Winter Soldier game that was based on the movie used the system like it. Um, yeah, It's pretty much kind of become a standard now um, with, with the icon appearing over the heads and the free fall combat. Um, even though, actually, I think um, I think it was Watchmen The End is Nigh kind of did it before Batman did. Um, if you guys ever played that game, it was a downloadable title. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it had the counter system in there, just like Batman does right now, but it didn't have the free fall combat. But it's definitely changed things, and it's definitely moved the genre, in my opinion, of third-person hand-to-hand combat forward. Um, let's kind of talk about the, the story of it, if you guys don't mind. Are you okay yeah. with it? Yeah, totally. Um which will kind of have spoilers here. Are you okay with uh, Arkham Origins spoilers, Ben? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. Um, so, you know, we left off in Arkham City with... So, spoilers right now. If you guys want to hear this, skip, like, 15 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so already, I think we've probably done enough spoilers to last a lifetime. <laughs> no, yeah. Say that, skip 15 minutes, and no, in our luck, after 15 minutes, we'll have the biggest spoiler of them all somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll finish talking about the spoilers. Yeah, so at the end of Arkham City, we found out that um, Dr. Hugo Strange, who we thought was in command of everything, was actually being told what to do by Ra's al Ghul. And I'm going to call him Ra's. I know a lot of people call him Raish. For me, it's always going to be Ra's. Um, but Ra's al Ghul is kind of calling the shots. Um, we know that he falls on a giant spike from, from the big building uh on on the fence which we assume he dies but Raz al Ghul as we know always comes back for the Lazarus pit. We also had uh the death of the Joker which I was the the big talking point and whether he's gonna return in Arkham Knight or not. Um 
we also know uh, through small little Easter eggs that Harley Quinn was also pregnant at the end of Arkham City. Mm. Um, we found her pregnancy test. It was positive. So we know she's pregnant. Uh, we're assuming it's the Joker's baby. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. But now we go into Arkham Arkham Knight where... Oh, sorry. I, sh- I should also mention Azrael, who appeared in Arkham City as kind of a side quest thing where he kind of warned Batman about all the big things that are coming. Arkham is going to burn, and he's going to die when this happens. Um, yes, very ominous stuff, as it was. Very, very ominous. Very um, Nightfall reminiscent, mm. if we remember Nightfall. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But here we go into Arkham Knight now. Um, I don't remember. How many years ahead does it take place after City? Do you remember? From the top of your head? I think there's a couple of years. I'm trying to think what it is. No, I'm stumped there. Sorry, so am I. I should have looked this up. <laughs> I will look it up while you're talking. So. <laughs> um, two years. I believe it is two, two years. years. I was thinking two years. Yeah, there you go. So two years. So if we go with two years, we know that Harley Quinn has had her baby. Um, if if she was indeed pregnant, um, who I believe will play a role in the story. Um, she's gonna kind of have to at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, we know in the comic books they have a daughter, Joker's daughter. I, I don't even think she has a name. They just call her Joker's daughter. She's pretty insane. <laughs> but we know that. Uh, so the big talking point is obviously Scarecrow. Um, Scarecrow, they're pitching as the big bad in this game. Um, we also have the Arkham Knight, who they say is a brand new character that they've created for the game. But they haven't said if the person behind the mask is a brand new character. No. There's a lot of speculation of who who's behind the mask. Um, there's also a lot of little hints. Uh, we see see the name of uh, Johnny something is alive. I don't remember his name. He has appeared in almost every trailer. Uh, either in a billboard or on a sign, some neon signs. Uh, I, again, should have remembered the name. <laughs> But for, for those who, who pay attention, you'll see that it says uh, Johnny, and then it has his last name. I don't remember his last name. It says Johnny Blank uh, Y. I think it's Johnny Blank, isn't it? No, it's not Johnny Blank. That's <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Blank. Sorry, I'm just... That's Daredevil doing that Blank. I just said that. My bad. Yeah, but, but there's... In almost every trailer they've shown, that sign has appeared, and a lot of people... Johnny Charisma, that's it. Johnny Charisma? Yeah, Johnny Charisma. There you go. Um, and people, I think that's it. But anyways, the, a lot of people have kind of gone and made up their own little conspiracies of what it means because it's appeared in every trailer, so it's obviously has to be deliberate in some way of what it could mean. But let's let's kind of discuss right now um, Scarecrow. Uh, Obviously, they kind of pitched him to be a huge villain in this one. We have, if you found a little Easter egg in Arkham City, uh, you found a little boat, and if you unlock the hidden passcode to get in, you find uh, his mask and a guy dead from his uh, fear toxin. And there's a note that's saying he's coming back and he's mm-hmm. going to make Batman pay for what he's done. Um, do you guys believe that scarecrow is actually the main villain or is somebody pulling his strings like they did with hugo strange because the reason i ask this is for me this doesn't fit scarecrow's mo mo 
Um, I don't see why he'd want uh, Gotham City to be evacuated, which we know is what he's he's wanting. So they have to evacuate the city unless he's going to drop this this big bomb, this toxic bomb to 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 kind of kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why he would do something like that because his whole thing is obviously curing people of the fear with using these fear toxin. He wants to yeah. cure them of it. Um, so why would he want to evacuate the city or, you know, force people out of the city, threaten them if he wants people to suffer with this toxin? Hmm. But, the first thing I thought on that was, especially the way they portrayed him in the trailer mm-hmm. recently, is that he doesn't seem anything like the scarecrow of you know, Asylum. No, he does not. He looks completely messed up. And vocally as well. He's just more gruff voice. And I don't know. I think there's a theme of imposters in, in this whole run through. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what Rocksteady do is very, very reminiscent of Metal Gear. Just the whole arc they've had going through, you know, little hidden stories, little double crosses and switcheroos. And this guy was actually in charge and not that guy. And, I would not want them to play the same card again, which basically three games running, they've had the Joker card of, yeah, well, it's the Joker. And there you go. It was always him. <laughs> and yeah, just because. Yeah. And <clears throat> so perhaps, you know, Scarecrow himself might have been offed and someone else has taken up the mantle. Yeah. Hence why he has a different outlook. And yeah, he, he does look different than he did in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Which is fair enough when you do a redesign and he's been away a while and stuff like that. But it's when fundamentally he sounds different you know, as well. And he's, like you said, he has a different outlook on what he wants to do. He could just be providing a distraction for something else, which was very reminiscent again of City, where you know, Hugo Strange is just basically having this running countdown towards something that never turned out to be much um yeah so i do wonder if yeah he is who he is mm-hmm. but if it is scarecrow uh i give rocksteady props uh using the character like scarecrow as the big main villain of such a huge game um i think that's great of them because again they're using kind of uh, scarecrow is a very well-known villain but he doesn't get as much spotlight as the other ones um, and I think it's great that they'll give him the spotlight in this one. Like, mm. are. Uh, what do you think, Ben? I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to see. I'm hoping that they don't play the Joker card again. I like the Joker, but there's enough times that they can play, oh, actually, it was me, the Joker. But yeah. The weirdest twist, I think, of all of them would be the Joker's baby. That would be the weirdest twist. After two years, he's that old. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anything can happen. They put um, the baby into a Joker body. Man. I think the other one... They just downloaded going back the, the Joker's others. brain and then aged the baby using the Lazarus pit. <laughs> oh, God. And Doc Ock was being dead or, or Spider-Man or something. We don't know. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What were you going to say, Neil? I was say, on the other factor of uh, the Arkham Knight. I mean, the other majorly hinted thing in the previous games was that Hush yes. could end up being a Batman 
type character just by stealing identities. So he's probably the favourite, really, outside of the obvious choices for who the Arkham Knight could be. Yes. Hush so, is definitely a huge favourite going in. Yeah, and you know, it's not really used him up until this point, and this is Rocksteady's baby, and I would imagine they would push him at some point, because this is it, this is what they're saying, this is the last time they're doing this. So yeah. they've got to tie up the loose ends, and he is a loose end at the minute. Definitely. Um, let's, let's kind of, for a second, go back to uh, the Joker thing. Um, the, the interesting thing I think they, they left off uh, with Arkham City is the location. We know when Joker dies, he, he not only dies next to a Lazarus pit, um, mm. but he also dies where Clayface is as well. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it's kind of weird that they kind of, maybe Rocksteady will be playing with us. Maybe Batman did bring the Joker back with the Lazarus pit. Maybe the body he brought out was that of Clayface instead. Um, we don't know. I know that in the Arkham Knight comic book that they're doing right now, the first two issues have already come out. Um, yeah. We know that they do an autopsy on the Joker's body, and there's some iffy stuff going on with this autopsy. I don't know what it is because I haven't read into it too much. Um, hmm. But they also cremate his body. And we know Clayface can easily survive fire. Um, Again, this is another very Metal Gear reminiscent thing of the switcheroo <laughs> between Solidus and Big Boss's bodies. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of just goes into, will Batman actually bring the Joker back, you know? Which, yeah, I could see why and how, but that would just wouldn't seem to fit the characters. Yeah, definitely. The reason I bring it up is, like, the the Arkham franchise has always, all three games have really been Batman versus the Joker. Mm. All three, even Origins, uh, pretty much turned into that. Which, it need, which was stupid, because it just forced the issue. Yeah, it did. But it's always been a Joker story, in my opinion. Even though there's all these stories happening in the background, at the end, it always came down to Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Um, so I personally will feel that it's weird to not have him. Maybe he'll appear in flashbacks, but I, to me personally, it will be weird to finish off the game without the Joker somehow. Like, even if he's dead, maybe he thought ahead, you know, and kind of set things in motion after his death. Yeah. Video messages or things like that, which is another thing he did a lot of. Yeah. Earlier game. But again, going back to the way... In, and I think Rocksteady has said before about this whole Metal Gear correlation thing where they're very much fans of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't it be just, just that you get the old uh, switcheroo that you had at the end of Metal Gear 4 where there's the credits roll, the credit, the names are there, and then Joker's name comes up with Mark Hamill's the voice actor, and then you get the cutscene afterwards where he's back for some convoluted reason. I think that'd be awesome. It would be awesome. It'd be a shame that it would be almost a direct copy, but yeah. The only thing I could I think don't of see Mark Hamill's name, maybe Troy Baker's, because he's retired from the Joker now. But yeah, but that's, that would almost be the secret surprise thing aspect of it. You know, it's the only way you could keep it out of the public eye as long as you could, because no one really. It's the same with the Big Boss thing. No one really expected it mm-hmm. until it happened, and it's like. It's one of the things, I mean, when that happened now, I, I lost my shit at the end. I was like, what? 
Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, when did Big Boss appear in this game? Yeah, and then it just stops, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Agreed, agreed. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Arkham Knight now. Um, we know the Arkham Knight has this huge military force on his side. He's also got a bunch of drone robot things that drive around. I think the tanks in the game they showed off are all remote-controlled. Yeah, I, I immediately questioned that when you know, it's Batman. He doesn't, yeah. he just he doesn't like, kill anyone, but he just blows the shit out of tanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, immediately, the first thing that comes to mind with Arkham Knight is it's obviously someone with money to yeah. be able to fund something like this. But this, again, for me, goes back to the hush thing, stealing Bruce Wayne's life. Yeah. You know, like lifestyle. Getting him the money, basically, to fund a private army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk of who it could be. You know, Hush is definitely the favorite going in right now. Obviously, there's talk that it could be um, Red Hood, uh, mm-hmm. Jason Todd. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Todd. Um, there's talk that it could be Asriel. Um, wanting to 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 take over Batman finally, you know, because the Arkham Knight looks just like Batman without a cape. Yeah, basically. So but it, then again, it's the sensibilities of what he's wearing that makes me think it's not Azrael. Mm-hmm. Because we also now know, because with this new trailer coming out tomorrow, they've already released three trailers that kind of show off, well, kind of hint at the next three characters uh, that are announcing. We saw Nightwing is going to be in the game. Um, Which is cool. Catwoman. I like that. Yeah, Catwoman. We know Robin is going to be in the game, even though they haven't released a trailer for him yet. He was mm-hmm. one of the hidden uh, profiles that they found on on the website. Um, and obviously, the first one they released uh, somebody walking in the back, in, walking, and he's got kind of like a cape, which kind of pretty much indicates that it's Azrael. Yeah. Um. But I think that's actually been confirmed by other sources as well. That it is Azrael. It is Azrael. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't see who else it could be with, with the red cape. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously the Arkham Knight, uh, apart from those characters, um, Neil, you said that you believe that it's Hush who's behind it, Tommy Elliot. Um, yeah. What about you, Ben? What do you think? I'm stepping out of this one for now. <laughs> <laughs> For now, okay. Um, well, I kind of want to go into Arkham Origins for a little bit before I say who I think is behind the Arkham Knight. Um, Arkham okay. Origins did something really interesting as they introduced uh, Amanda Waller and the idea of the Suicide Squad being formed. Mm, yes, yeah, that's right. Especially at the end when she's talking with Slade Wilson uh, at the end credit scene and she's pretty much recruiting him into the Suicide Squad. Uh, for those who played... Uh, Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate, we also know that they recruited uh, Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, and at the very end, we found out that Catwoman, who was purposely captured, I guess you can say, uh, was to release and find Bane, who was being kept uh, underneath uh, Blackgate Prison. Um, We know Bane in that scene was very skinny, very weak, um, so it was kind of weird to see him that way, especially since he's permanently this massive brute that we found yeah. out in, in Asylum. So it kind of bolts the question what happened to him to bring him back to that size. Um, so we're assuming that she also recruited Bane. Um, and the reason I bring this storyline in 
into this discussion is I personally feel that the Arkham Knight could very easily be Deathstroke. Um, hmm. He's got yeah. the ability. He's got the skill. He's obviously got the money. Um, I could easily see it being Slade Wilson Deathstroke as the Arkham Knight. Um, I also, when it also goes to the finances, again, there's only a few people who can finance such a private military like that. Um, one of them, obviously, is Tommy Elliot Hush. The other one, I would believe, would be Bane. Could easily fund something like this. Especially since Bane has kind of had a pivotal role, in a way, in all three games. Even though yeah, the second without one... without doing much, he still had that. Yeah, even though the second one was kind of a side quest for him, you kind of saw some pivotal things going on there with the Venom that he had. Um, and obviously, in Arkham Origins, he played a huge role in Arkham Origins. Um and they, he also was the very smart guy that, that we know in the comic books, you know. In Arkham Origins, he discovered that Batman was Bruce Wayne. He pretty much destroyed the Batcave, almost killing Alfred. Um, so we know that that happens. Um, Bane is another guy who can fund something that's going on. But also, obviously, the government and Argus can easily fund something like this. Um, so to me, I believe the Arkham Knight can easily be Deathstroke. Um, we've seen in some of the fights that they've had in, in some of the in, in the trailers that obviously the Arkham Knight is always getting the upper hand on Batman. And if anybody can do that, it's definitely Slate Wilson. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Like, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's an interesting take on it. And I think, to be honest, they were more heavy-handed with the uh, nods and winks in Origins because it wasn't rock steady. Mm-hmm. And so having Slade Wilson be at the end uh, in that little post-credit scene sort of does allude to him having a bigger role in this game and uh, so appearing somewhere. But you could say that for a lot of characters, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to resolve a lot of them, then you're going to have one very, very big game. But, um, yeah, it is highly possible that's the good thing about this is like there are obvious answers there are side answers there's conspiracies and i mean this again could even tie into what happened to joker you know could he have been incarcerated secretly by batman like we said having been brought back to life and enlisted into the suicide squad which of course is now a main thing that they're doing with him in the movies as well yeah they're definitely pushing the suicide squad and everything right now (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, it would not surprise me if that wasn't the way Joker came back in, if he came back in as well. Yeah, and it kind of, see, like, with it, I also start thinking, like, could they have possibly, you know, recruited Scarecrow at the end mm. of Arkham Asylum as well? You know, maybe they put the chip in him and he's forcing to do what he has to do or else they're going to blow his head off. <laughs> yeah, right, this is it. Yeah, because, I, I like, to me, it's weird that they would go on to this Suicide Squad tangent in Origins and Blackgate, but yet really not do anything with them. Unless they're just setting it up for, like, once Rocksteady is done, for them to continue the franchise, but kind of focus on the Suicide Squad. Um, That goes back to the idea of Scarecrow perhaps not being Scarecrow. Well, if, as you said, he was forced to do something and didn't comply... That they just got rid of him and got someone else to be Scarecrow for the role they needed 
someone to play. Yeah, because he he does look way too creepy. He looks like he's seen a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, go ahead, Ben. Plus, what didn't they just say the fact they were stopping the Bar- Batman Arkham games? Yes, this is the last one Rocksteady yeah. is doing. I'm just saying it doesn't stop them from doing a Suicide Squad game afterwards if they set up using this game. That's true. It, all they said mm-hmm. was this is the Ar- last Arkham game. Doesn't mean that they can. They're just going to completely drop the franchise. Yeah. No, but this is it. With having so many little threads hidden in the Arkham series, you just it leaves you with these things saying, "Well, will this get resolved in the Arkham series, or will they branch out afterwards?" Yeah. And you, yeah, it could go either way. Oh, that's that is why Rocksteady have done such a great job in weaving the story over these few games, even where they weren't directly involved in Origins. The, the seeds are there. There are aspects of Origins that will play a part in Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Because no doubt they've said, well, this is what we need to be in it. You know, th- these characters need to be there. They need to do this thing. There has to be this hint there. Because oh, they, didn't they say there was a hint to later games hidden in like Arkham Asylum? Yeah, like you saw the poster of plans for Arkham City in there. Yeah. It's just, it's an amazing level of detail in their worlds. Like, even as they've branched out and made bigger worlds and probably slightly lost sight of what made Asylum work so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the things. They they pretty much created their own universe in the DC universe. Exactly. It is their own. Yeah, side universe of Batman. And yeah, and, and that's DC, what's great about it. DC has embraced it, which is great. Yeah, and it's just, you'd love to see that continue and branch out, not just with Batman, but have other characters come into that universe from with, with their own. And, and you've got, well, like you had the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you could have the DC Gaming Universe, <laughs> which is all just encompassed in the same area and just has its own story. Yeah. Well, seeing as how this is the last for Rocksteady, at least in Batman, from what they've said, yeah. Uh, do you think they're going to go on and do something else in DC, or are they going to go and do something unique and original, a new IP? They'll do something new. I mean, Superman. I think they said themselves. They'll be... <laughs> <Superman>. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to make Superman 128. <laughs> no, I think they'll do, they'll something. do something different, because I think they even... I've, seen them say that they are a bit bored of doing it after this I think that's why they probably handed Origins off to say well look if you let them do that and tell that part of the story we'll just gear up do our final bit (laughs) and just deliver it right And because that's it after that you don't want to be just the company that make that game yeah that's true because you know Rockstar for instance they have Grand Theft Auto but they do their own things you know yeah you know Kojima is one of those that case in point, you know, it's like Metal Gear has encompassed everything else he's done. You know, it's like he tries to break out, but that one big hit is just like a an you know, anchor around his neck. Yeah. And and, and, and you think they'll do a Superman game, Beth? <laughs> I, I don't know why, but yes. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Well definitely I still think Superman is probably one of the hardest characters to make a video game about. I 100% agree with you. Because of how many stupid powers he has. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. To to me, for Superman, 
I don't see a Superman game being a game like a third-person combat game or a shooter of some kind. Nothing like that works for Superman. In my opinion, the only way to do a Superman game is to do like a battle arena game, like Asura's Wrath. Mm. Like that's the only way I see it. Like have them go one-on-one with Darkseid or Brainiac or, you know, Bizarro, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, hell, even Batman with his armored suit. I think that's the only way to make a successful Superman game. Yeah, play to his weaknesses. Yes. Okay. Brainiac transports Superman to a world with no yellow sun and then sends a load of robots to fight him. But see, that's that's the thing with Superman is people will automatically think that that's just a cheap way of making a Superman game. It's kind of the same of if you do like a third person action game and everybody has a kryptonite weapon. I'd like that as well. Yeah. Just, <laughs> at least they'll have a game then that might be playable instead of going through rings. I think it's like, it's a problem. Whereas like a character like Hulk, you can get away with just his power of being smashing things because he's really strong by giving him stuff to smash. Superman is all powerful and he's also a good guy so you can't gray that moral area in the same way unless you were to take the injustice route like the game and just have where you're playing as badass yeah badass superman and you're just terrorizing the city and you do get challenged by other heroes in much in the way you were saying gary of just having him go up against other heavyweights and yeah i mean that because he's he's pretty much invincible i think we can all agree that Superman, if he used 100% of power, he's unstoppable. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Like, nothing can... Like, if you put a health bar on Superman's game, <laughs> then you've already <laughs> failed the Superman game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think, the biggest problem with Superman is unless, how he do it. the game, just a whole health bar. The whole screen <laughs> is just a giant health bar. <laughs> Why is the screen completely green? That's his health bar. <laughs> <laughs> You need six monitors just to see it. <laughs> yeah, like if people really want to know how powerful Superman can be, go read the Sinestro Core War and look at someone like Superman Prime. Um, yeah. That is a Superman that uses all his power all the time, 100%, and he destroys the Anti-Monitor, the most powerful villain DC has in one hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Superman. Isn't there a comic book where he sits inside the sun for a thousand years or something, for longer than that, actually, then comes out ridiculously overpowered as well? Maybe. I'm not I, I vaguely remember something like, that. Or something like that. Where he punches a galaxy. He causes the Big Bang or something like that just by punching once or something stupid like yeah. that. You know, that is why the, the whole Doomsday storyline originally was so good, just because it was Superman getting the shit beat out of him. And yes, and it's also one of the times we didn't know if Superman can actually die or not. Yeah, I mean, it was actually... He died. <laughs> it was in the regular news, you know, it was actually in proper newspapers. You know, yeah. Sort of, a whole page things about Superman dying. You know, like... And yeah, of course it didn't stick, and they went with that whole ridiculous thing afterwards. But, <laughs> you know, it, while it was there, it was cool. Yeah. It was like... It kind of ruined Doomsday after that somewhat because, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, well, you couldn't kill him once, so. <laughs> well, that's what we pretty much found out that Superman can't die no matter what. No. He just goes into a deep sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was just resting. Resting <laughs> nice. He did a nap. 
<laughs> yeah. That, that, that's my idea of what a Superman game will be. That should be. It's the only way to do it, to not cheapen the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. An arena battle like Asura's Wrath, in my opinion, is the only way to go for Superman right now. See, I've never played it, but the way they did the Superman Returns didn't seem too bad. You know, the whole, you must protect civilians to keep him from hurting himself. Yeah, but see, you couldn't die. You couldn't get hurt in that game. You just kept going. <laughs> At least in a game like this, you can do like, okay, he's getting beat up. So, you know, okay, he, he's gotten stunned. He's gotten beat up. He has to recuperate. That's how you lose the fight. You know, especially when you're fighting characters like Darkseid and Brainiac, these super powerful guys who can hurt Superman physically. Doomsday. It's the only way for it to work. Like, if you just have, like, a game where Superman just goes one-on-one with Batman. Like, okay. we, we just get this out of the way. One-on-one, if Batman doesn't have a chance to prepare for Superman, he's dead instantly. Yeah. Batman's always prepared. He he's not always prepared for Superman. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he wouldn't have had his back broken. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if Superman just randomly shows up and says, like, hey, Batman, let's fight, it's over. Like, like the moment he says it, it's done. <laughs> so it's the, Batman only wins if he prepares for the fight, you know, and that that's why I always say, like, for Superman, the proper Superman game, he has to fight people and characters as powerful as he is, and they have those characters. Yeah. So. You talk about that, by the way. I do recommend you go watch Batman. Batman teams up with Superman. I've seen it. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. But yeah, so. I uh going back to Rocksteady now. Um I think they're going to stick with DC. Um I think their next game is actually going to be Wonder Woman. I mm. think they're going to do a Wonder Woman game to coincide with the release of the film. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the film. No, much like the Arkham series doesn't but with the films, but yeah. it sort of reflected on it in some ways because certain characters got more popular as a result. Mm-hmm. Like Scarecrow, I think, was more in the Rocksteady's games because his prominence in Batman Begins. Yeah, I think that's why he got such a big role in there. Yeah, so I that that's what I I'll, well I'll get back to it uh, when we talk about the movies. Mm. So yeah, let's now move on then, shall we? Aye. Should we move on to TV shows? Yes. Let's move on to Oh, I just belched. I do apologize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. TV shows are huge now. There's yeah. a crap ton of comic book TV shows. Obviously, uh, Walking Dead it was kind of pretty much the biggest one right now when it comes to viewership. Um, I, I personally believe that Arrow has made it popular uh, to do a comic book TV show. Um, even though Arrow is pretty much Batman with a different character. It is. I mean, like that. <laughs> they just couldn't get the license to do Batman, so they did Green Arrow. And threw all of Batman's villains into that show. <laughs> but there's definitely a lot. Um, just really quick, what's uh, for those of us who've watched them, what's some of your guys' favorite ones so far? Um, I'm going to go straight in and say Daredevil. It's the newest and the freshest, but you know what? Outside Walking Dead, it's my favorite by Miles. It's just, we go back to what you said about Arrow being Batman 
but not. It's like yeah. Daredevil is Daredevil is what both Arrow and Gotham wish that they could be as a Batman TV series. Mm. It's just it's a street vigilante beating shit out of people and it being full of blood, gore, nonsense. As unfortunately, I can't talk about a lot of stuff in it because I don't want to spoil it for you guys or for anyone at home. Yeah, unfortunately, but, I haven't seen it yet. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Kingpin in that is just wonderfully done. It's like kind of a perfect mix between, you remember the old Spider-Man animated series, the way he was in that, and sort of how you imagine he should have been when Michael Clark Duncan did it, sorry, the uh, film. Um, It's just right there in the middle. He is the perfect version of Kingpin. He's soft-spoken. He wants to be a better person, but he's also incredibly violent and some of the stuff he does in that show is just like it would not look out of place on Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead. So it's just brutal stuff. It's one of those again where the hero is you know, in the title, but it's about everyone around him mm. and their effect. The effect on them. Ben Urich, as I was saying earlier, is a character I've always wondered how he's never really had any screen time because you know, he's just flits along in different stories and he's always there. He's in this one and you know, changed into a, an African-American character, but he still feels like Ben Urich. It's like you just don't notice any of it after a while. It's just it's how you imagine him to be. He's slightly cocky but slightly world-weary of everything. Like that. Charlie Cox is good as Daredevil. It's, he's, again... Another one like Captain America, where he's, as a person himself, he's not great big personality. It's what the world around him is doing to him that is the appeal. That's the hook. And so, you know, he's trying his best not to you know, kill people and do the right thing. Of this. But he just, again, he gets drawn into this whole brutality thing. There's a great episode later on which Kingpin goes through a minor meltdown about the way things are going against him because of Daredevil. And then by the end of the episode, it revolves back round for Daredevil to be frustrated the same way by what Kingpin's done to him. And it's just, it tells a great story between the pair of them. I'm still three episodes short of finishing it, I must say, as well. So it's still intriguing the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just, it's perfect for that world. And like I said, I've said to you in recent times, Gary, it's, that's where a lot of Marvel's more violent characters could get away with being brought in, like Punisher. Punisher would suit that world out of the ground because you could just see a vigilante going out there and killing people just because. I think he could probably cross over into the Daredevil world much in the same way um, Flash and Arrow did in the Arrow TV series. Yeah. Because they just got a world that would intersect nicely. And... I'm guessing the next Netflix series, I think, is Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Yeah. Going to be in there setting up the Defender stuff. And again, I'm actually excited for that now. I was kind of intrigued because I like them as characters. But seeing what they've done for Daredevil and how it's the perfect... If I don't know if you remember Frank Miller's run on Daredevil as a comic book, but it's it feels more like that. It feels less po-faced. It is a million miles away from the Ben Affleck film. 
That's good. Yes. Yeah, it just <laughs> it feels so adult. It doesn't treat it like a comic book. You know, like, oh, everything's got to be, oh, we're going to save the day. There's, there's consequences. Everything about it just feels final and real if people get killed off or stuff happens like that. And ah, I will probably caught up in hype somewhat at the minute of it that it's just so good because I, I saw people saying how good it was. I'm like, it can't be that good, surely. It's just, just they thought it'd be rubbish and now they're funny. It's great. It is just genuinely great as a TV show. That's good. And, and for the character as well. And I highly recommend it to anyone who wants something that effectively what Batman should be as a TV series. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who do enjoy Daredevil, they didn't renew it for a second season, um, but they also renewed it without the original showrunner. So somebody else is going to be taking over the second season. As long as they keep the spirit of it. Yeah. Because oh. from what I hear, you know, it will basically start new things to do again for Daredevil and which is good uh, but, and add a few characters that haven't appeared yet so you get little little hints again in there that of what could happen but yeah so yeah that is my favorite comic book show at the moment Walking Dead was but it's I don't know it's up and down the last couple of seasons where some episodes are just great little character pieces and then it's just there's too much plodding which fine in the comics it works because it's paced better mm. yeah this, the show has sort of got less appealing to me i don't care as much about it as i did yeah what about you ben have you seen any of the comic book tv shows i used to love um well i watched arrow for a long time um but i watched that for a while i need to catch up on that and i used to love I, as a kid i used to love smallville i'll admit that I, yeah. I used to. It wasn't great. I'm not going to call it one of the best TV shows ever, but it was good for a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah, it wasn't great. It's yeah. the same problem Gotham's got at the minute. It's a uh, it's a show set in the world of the hero, but the hero's not really doing much. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Smallville had that issue as well, and always the meteorite freaks constantly popping up. You know. You know. There's nothing else that can ever happen except the meteorite freaks. Obviously, that is the only villain, you know, in the first few seasons. It was always that. Um, uh, yeah, they just dragged the dynamic out on that a bit too long. I think it was there were some great things. The whole Luther and Clark thing was good, but it's just they wasted it by dragging it out. Apart from that, I still I've got Netflix. I still need to watch Daredevil, so I probably will oh, sometime. Definitely do, definitely do. Yeah, mainly because I don't really watch anything on Netflix anyway right now. I don't know why I still pay for it. <laughs> a, do, do you know what? This is actually the first time I've got it. I've never had Netflix before, yeah. just for that. Actually, it was because I, 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 I haven't. I've always had Netflix. I've got the cheaper price. And yeah. I don't want to cancel it because I know that in a couple of months there'll be something on it, and I'll have to pay the more expensive <laughs> price but then I think well I'm not watching it so yeah anyway Daredevil will give me a reason yeah. to watch Netflix yeah it's, it's, a, it's a very good reason nice well for me uh, my favorite right now I haven't watched Daredevil yet unfortunately um, but right now for me my favorite is The Flash um, I think it really nails not only the, the comic book essence of the character, but 
the storylines I think are very well done. Um, they've introduced a lot of actual Flash villains, so it, it is a Flash show. They're not throwing in villains from other of the comic books like Arrow does. Um, you know, they they've already introduced the entire Rogues: uh, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Weather Wizard. Um, Mirror, well, Mirror, Mirror Master hasn't appeared yet. Uh, they had they brought Mark Hamill back, which was awesome to replace his role as uh, Trickster from the. That was a nice Watch. moment. I did like that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Even though I felt like he was auditioning for the Joker role rather than <laughs> the Trickster, maybe because I just see Mark Hamill that way now as the Joker more That's than it. anything else. It's there, and the voice is just like, ah. Like, yeah, yeah, the voice. It's like, is he going to break into the Joker at any moment? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I said, I love the show. I think the special effects are really good for the show. Uh, they're definitely hit and miss. But when it's good, it's really good, uh, especially what they've done with Gorilla Grodd. Um, I thought introducing Grodd was going to be a terrible idea for the TV show, but I think they've handled the character very well so far. Um, it's always risky with stuff like that. It's, it's just... Yeah. yeah, you want to keep it grounded as possible because you know the more you start pushing into stuff that's a bit more fantastical, mm-hmm. yeah, get sillier and sillier and sillier. So yeah, they did handle it fairly well, I found. Yeah, like when I first heard Grodd was going to be in the show, I was like, that better be like Andy Serkis playing Caesar in Planet of the Apes quality, <laughs> <laughs> or else don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to see some dude in a gorilla costume running around. <laughs> I, I kind of do, but <laughs> just for how awful it would be. Uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorite shows right now. Um, I, I, the season is ending. I think it has three episodes left. Um, they're kind of finishing up the story with the Reverse Flash right now. I know they've already renewed it for season two, and I think they've said Gorilla Grodd is going to be the, the big focal point of season two. Um. Really excited about that. They've introduced the Flash. Uh, what is it? What is it called? What's his ability called where he goes back in time? Oh, God. Jeez. I forget the name of it. Uh, Speed Force. Speed Force? Yes, he, he, stepped yeah. into the, he stepped into the Speed Force. Again, I thought it was a little too soon for him to do it in the first season, but we'll see how much they explore of it. Um, oh, they got fairly quick into it with that, with his powers. They didn't just mess about and tease and tease and tease. Just yeah. like little bits, because they could all. You see programs do that and drag it out, as we were saying with Smallville and, and Gotham. It's just taking your time over things while still throwing in character after character is just a way to make sure that by the time you get to what you want to get to, it's just going to be a convoluted mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's just, true. They but, did a really good idea putting him in Arrow to introduce him. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it establishes him somewhat. It means you don't have to have so much fuss later on. It's also something that Daredevil does quite well, that you go into it and Matt Murdock's already starting to be a vigilante, but there's no real reason beyond the fact that he just started. And then they sort of start telling you bits of his story throughout that. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, That that's my favorite one right now. Uh, but there's plenty more coming. Um, I think everybody's kind of jumping on the comic book bandwagon right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, let me just read some of these. Uh, we have Powers going on right now on PlayStation Network, which is a Marvel-owned comic. Um, Daredevil just there. What was that? It's a, yeah, 
Brian Michael Bendis one again, isn't it? It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I'm planning on watching it all when it's all out. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's over here because I haven't really seen anything about it being on here. So yeah. I hope you guys get it. I thought it was North American only still. Yeah, well, it's like, I'd like to because you know, Charlotte Copley is in it as well, which is awesome. And it sounds like a good concept. So, yeah. I've, and I like Bendis' work anyway. Uh, <laughs> the reason I like Ultimate Spider Man is because of his work on that. Yeah. Uh, we still have Walking Dead. Uh, we have Gotham airing on Fox, which was renewed for a second season. Yeah. Gotham, I find to be terribly disappointing, to be honest. As a uh, I, I agree with you. I think they should have just done it like old school detective comics before Batman showed up. Yeah, or it's just them solving crime in Gotham City. Yeah, which is again another thing that just made me think when Daredevil came along, it's doing it. It's doing the same thing. It's all about trying to uncover a great conspiracy, a criminal conspiracy, mm-hmm. both through the law and through physical force. And it's like, and that's what Batman should be, it's like, <laughs> yeah, or anything based in Gotham. It's like they're getting schooled on that front, and it's so especially disappointing after you know, the Flash and. Arrow you know, did yeah. so well. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is a huge sex for, success for Fox. It has been renewed for a second season. Um, we always have Flash. We have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on ABC, which I think is an interesting show, especially right now. Uh, I think the show started off incredibly slow. Yeah, it wasn't really until it had the crossover appeal with Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think that's when the show really took off, is... The Winter Soldier crossover storyline. Um, the show is constantly under uh, suspicion of being cancelled because it's not getting the viewers. Um, so far, it has been renewed. Uh, I don't actually don't know if it's been renewed for a third season yet. But they are, they have introduced the Inhumans now, which for those who don't know is the last uh, Marvel movie in, what is it, the second phase they're in now? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting to see if they'll introduce or if they'll bring any of the characters in the TV show into that movie. I thought that was the point to try and, yeah, you know, so people got some sort of, this Inhumans on that, yeah, you know, big, it's some sort of, you know, the way for people that want to step in before the movies come out, I think. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm hoping they use some of the characters they've already introduced as the Inhumans in the TV show. Yeah, I do, especially because my uh, namesake then gets to get used <laughs> in Black Bolt. Yeah, Black Bolt obviously is the most known of the Inhumans. Um, so then we have Arrow, who ha- which has been renewed for a fourth season now. Yeah. Um, there is the the sad Constantine, which I I love the character. I really like the TV show. Uh, chances are it won't be renewed by NBC. Um, yeah, there's a bigger thing hanging over that head, unfortunately. Yeah. We're still waiting to see what happens there. Um, Marvel's Agent Carter is another interesting one. Um, mm. Don't know if it'll be renewed. They aired the eight-episode series that they had. Um, I don't know if it was designed as just a one-shot, you know, eight-episode eight show or if they're planning to do a whole TV show for it. Um but I suppose yeah. with the format, it's just a case of see, testing the waters and seeing how it goes. But yeah, but that that show has ended now. Uh, look for it on DVD if you missed it. Um, we have I Zombie, which is DC Vertigo, which is playing right mm. now on the CW. Um, I actually really love this show. 
It's funny. It's very entertaining to watch. It's from the guys who made Veronica Mars. Um, but it's it's also based on a comic book that's no longer being written or in print. So we'll see how long the show goes. It, it is a big hit for the CW as well. So chances are it will be renewed for a second season. Yeah, I'd heard good things about it. I'm not sure if it's here yet again. It's one of those... Oh, man. UK just keeps getting screwed, doesn't it? They do. <laughs> so often. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah, well, if it ever comes to you guys, uh, definitely check it out. It is, a, it is a very fun show to watch. It's got, the, like, the Joss Whedon humor and... Um, ah, it's doomed. <laughs> it's doomed? <laughs> no, it's not doomed. It's got a lot of... Uh, what am I trying to say? Like pop culture references, which is pretty cool. They just did an episode where uh, it's about video games and addicting video games like MMOs, which was pretty funny. Uh, great episode there. But we also have now Supergirl coming out. Yeah. CBS. Um, it's still unknown whether it's going to uh, be in the same universe as Arrow and Flash. It's being done by the same people. Um, the same showrunners for those two shows are doing it. I know that CBS is pushing very hard to try and get a cameo appearance for Superman in the show. Um, but it's all on DC. I highly doubt they'll let him do it because of the movies coming out. They are seemingly keeping them very separate as well. Yeah. But story-wise, uh, the story they're going with is that she is uh, Clark Kent's or Superman's cousin. And she does arrive from Krypton on planet Earth. So they're going with that story. I'm pretty sure eventually they have to at least mention Superman in the show, even though they can't use him. Yeah, because it would be ridiculous. Let's be honest. Yeah, he'd be basically like a Voldemort, just like he who cannot be named. Can't see throughout the whole thing. Would... Yeah. <laughs> the end of season uh, one. But, but you got the same symbol as no, shh. It's not like anyone's symbol. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, also, yeah. I. It'll get the it'll get said at the end of season one as like a cliffhanger. Oh my god, what's happened to Superman? Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just goes, "Oh, you're Supergirl. What if there was a Superman?" Like that. <laughs> oh, that's Wait, awesome. It could be a Superwoman. Wait, Super Superman? Is that a thing? I um, I did just remember a, a comic book based series that's not on now, but it was on years ago that I really did like. What which was, was the Tick? Ah, oh, the Tick was both, great, man. Yeah, the animated and the uh, live action series. Both. Oh, oh, both. Yeah. Actually, I think they they're they're redoing the Tick. I would love them to well, with just... all the same actors from the live action show. Oh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, they're the all coming show. back. Oh, oh, awesome. That's that's what they're doing. They were just perfectly funny, and they would just work so well now as well with the way comic book, you know, everything else is at the minute. Yeah, it's just it's just the perfect piss take of what, yeah. Before Deadpool was a big piss take fanatic, it was like that was your go to for it. Yeah, well, uh, moving on. So this show is slated to probably air this fall or early next year. Supergirl. Um. Obviously, we have Jessica Jones coming out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, either late 2015 or early 2016. I don't know anything about Jessica Jones, so I can't really say much about the character. Um, At basic level, she's married to Luke Cage, and they have a child together, as it currently stands. In the so universe. why make a show 
between she's a superhero in her own right as well but she retires to try and live a normal life but she's like super powered flying sort of and she's a cool character she's very human because they live in brooklyn and they just again this is why it can all tie into that daredevil sort of universe of new york that you can just yeah they have uh there's a lot of raunch involved where jessica jones and luke cage are uh, so it's a uh, Probably why it will get uh, yeah Netflix treatment like uh, in the same way Daredevil does. They won't hold anything back. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it will work well. Having now as I said seen what they've managed to do with Daredevil, I reckon they'll really deliver. And I think it is mainly set up because they're also members of the Defenders. Yes, and, which we are about to get into as well. Yeah, so you know it's so yeah it's it is just part of the whole setup. And that's probably why. And they are interesting characters in their own right. And yeah, they're not as big as many of the other ones. And but yeah, they they're sort of like big power superheroes trying to live a fairly normalish life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Luke Cage is just super overpowered, but <laughs> <laughs> but again, he's just who one is of those. Luke Cage? Hmm? Who is? Yeah, who isn't? Yeah, that's it. But he's one of those. It's like, yeah, you know, let's not make a big deal of it. It's like. I do, I do like Luke Cage as a character, so okay. anything that leads to that. Yeah, well, we are also getting Luke Cage, um, also on Netflix. We're also getting Iron Fist, which is also from Netflix. Again, quite interesting. Yeah, Iron Fist, definitely. And we all are getting The Defenders, also on Netflix, where it's going to bring all four of those characters together, including Daredevil. Yeah. These confirmed, so... Um, Moving on here, we're also getting Titans. For those who don't know, uh, this is the Teen Titans TV show. It's coming to TNT. It has been confirmed. It's in production right now. Um, has Nightwing, Starfire, Raven uh, have been confirmed for the show. Uh, we'll see how interesting it's going to be. It is on TNT, so uh, we'll see what happens. I'm curious to see what they do with Raven, especially with her... Uh, affiliation with Trigun and the Sins, uh, her brothers and her sisters. So that's in development. It's slated to release sometime next year. Um, we, it, Nightwing is going to be Dick Grayson in this one as well. So we'll see mm. if it connects with Batman or if Batman appears in the show or not. Yeah, it's not one of those, isn't it? Just, <laughs> especially the way DC are going with their things. It's like they're trying, it's, they're not connecting the dots the same way Marvel are. And making one whole big universe the same way they're trying to rush job it yeah we're just doing the films like oh we'll lump that film it's like yeah it's like we'll see how it goes but i I do think that's the biggest worry they've got going for them at the minute is that they are just trying to do what marvel have done but in a quicker time Mm -hmm. we also have we call batman oh shh don't don't say that name for those who don't know um the, the Arrow team has already confirmed that they are not allowed to mention Batman in the TV show in any way. There, I can see why, because it's basically <laughs> saying, yeah, well, Batman wasn't available, so you got me. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, they can't mention Gotham City, Batman. They also can't mention Metropolis and Superman, <sighs> which, which kind of sucks. But what's interesting, though, is in one of the episodes, the first crossover episode, of Flash and Arrow, um, 
Harrison Wells actually mentioned Superman and that he exists in that you know, or not Superman, Batman, and that yeah. he exists in that universe. So to me, it was really weird that they couldn't mention him in Arrow, but they could mention him in the Flash. Um, this, is, this is where it's a bit sloppy in that respect. I said it. I'm going to go back to Daredevil again. It's beating this drum, but it's it's only a tiny moment in the beginning. It's the first or second episode where they even bothered to mention anything outside the that's actually to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they mentioned that they're getting their offices cheap because of the thing that happened in New York, which is the Avengers plot, basically. Uh-huh. Like that. And it's just, that's it, and it's never mentioned again. It's just a nice little aside. It's like, it's, so, I mean, it's nice to have those little things in, and Marvel, who've you know, got their licenses strewn everywhere you know, with certain characters, you know, they have that excuse if they can't mention certain things or can't use certain characters, but DC don't. They should be able to use everyone and make the most of it. I mean, maximize what you got. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but what can we do? So, next up, we have uh, Fear the Walking Dead, which is a spinoff to The Walking Dead show. Uh, it takes place on the West Coast uh, of, of the country, and it kind of takes place while the uh, outbreak is happening, which is something I've, I've wanted more than what I'm getting right now. <laughs> um I so know, I, that's one of those ones i'm not too sure about getting to know the beginning of it yeah it's like they sort of alluded to that with um the game for later it's like when lee's being taken to jail it does seem like that's the beginning mm-hmm. or close to, or very close to the beginning of it all and yet it goes from oh well we're just going to jail and we're not really going to mention that there's lots of people dying everywhere and um and then suddenly he wakes up and it's all, you know, hell's broken loose and he can't have been unconscious that long. It's one of those weird things that bugs me about that game. It's like, but yeah, I don't know if I want that mystery of it sort of ruined. I just, I like that it's happened, it's a thing that happened and we're in it. Yeah. Well, this show is coming late 2015. So whether you watch it or not. Oh, I'll watch it. There's no doubt about that. It's zombies. I love zombies. But even before the phenomenon was there. It's yeah. Just, yeah, well, I just, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We again have another DC one. This is Lucifer. It's being done by Fox. Uh, for those who don't know Lucifer, it's a Vertigo character. Uh, he's a spinoff from uh, the Sandman storyline. It's pretty much Lucifer, uh, the angel, who gets tired of ruling hell and decides to open up a piano bar in Los Angeles. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I know about the show and the character. So I don't know know exactly what you just said, really, but it just sounds amazing. (laughs) Apparently, it was super popular when it was a comic book. So I want it. Yeah, it sounds like it's one of that sort of range of comics from that era of uh, you know Hellblazer and uh, Preacher and Tank Girl. Just they were popular because they weren't the cookie cutter stuff. Um, we're also getting Preacher, which is also a Vertigo. Oh, yeah. Funny, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, this one is coming actually from Seth Rogen. So um, mm. interesting to see there. It's coming to AMC. It's a hugely popular comic book. Um, so we'll see how, how well that, that one does. Uh, it's in uh, the pilot has been ordered. It is heading into production very soon. Um, mm. We're also getting the uh, DC superhero team up TV show on the CW. 
um, which is pretty much the combination. Uh, it's pretty much the Adam TV show, if you want to really look at it. Um, they're pretty much branching uh, Adam, uh, Captain Cold, um, Heat Wave, uh, Black Canary. Uh, they've also confirmed the Hot Girl is going to appear on this TV show. Mm. Um, and there's uh, two more characters. Uh, sorry, Arsenal is also going to appear on the TV show. Uh, and there's another character that they haven't announced yet, but it's pretty much like a team up. It's pretty much the Justice League TV show, Justice League of America. <laughs> Just without the big players. <laughs> yeah, so that's in development right now. Um, we know that uh, there's negotiations going on between Marvel and Fox for the X Men TV show. Please. <laughs> please <laughs> just in general just give the license back Fox <laughs> we want it more than That's anything awesome. else so there's that uh, there's the Static Shock which is I believe going to be an animated TV show for CW I'm not 100% sure yet um, the big one that we haven't heard much about is Krypton uh this was confirmed uh, to be in development right now. It's going to air on the Sci-Fi Channel, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much about Krypton, and it follows um, Superman's mom and dad and what happened on Krypton before it exploded. Um, so Superman is pretty much not going to be in this movie at all. It's going to be about the Kryptonians and how their life was. <laughs> <laughs> and there is like twenty other ones that. I'm not going to get into it right now because there is a lot, a lot of TV shows coming. About that, wouldn't they have like, wouldn't that just be like really normal life pretty much because they shouldn't have superpowers on Krypton? Yeah, but then there's the idea of, okay, is Brainiac involved in this? If you go with the Brainiac didn't save Krypton when he could have um, the whole planet dying, how, how it leads to the planet dying, all the stuff that they could really do because we really don't know any of the history of Krypton. In the comic books, I don't think they've ever touched upon it. Not really. Beyond that little with, excerpt. If it's been a TV series. They're not going to try. They're not going to cover too much because if they cover too much too fast, they'll have nothing to cover. Yeah, to make it, to extend if it does do well. So. It's another one of those where that you're taking the source of enjoyment out of it somewhat by taking like a focal point like Gotham missed misses you know where you, you're building the world but not the guy that's important in it yeah, yeah. I think it, like, would, but... it would be a great tv like movie a great yeah. little series but not i don't know an actual series you you're not going to cover the brainiac stuff you're not going to cover why the planet destroyed because once you do that's when the planet gets destroyed and the, se- the series ends yeah, well, yeah, at least you know how the show is going to end. Yeah, we'll know how it ends. <laughs> the show is set for you, man. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> we know it already. But the thing is, you know, if it does well, the company's obviously going to wait, want to keep it going. And it's going to be very hard when everyone knows the end already. It blows up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's well, what I, I said. I can easily see being like a political sci fi show. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's a show they've announced. It's in development. It's coming to sci-fi. We'll see what they do with it. <laughs> that's that's my other worry with it. It's sci-fi. <laughs> actually, you know, sci-fi has actually gotten a lot better now 
uh, recently, actually, than they were like the last five. A- after Battlestar Galactica ended, they went yeah. downhill after that, like bad. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're, they've actually coming back pretty well. I, I don't know if you've seen 12 Monkeys. Uh, I haven't yet. No. It, it, it's actually really good. They've done a really good job with 12 Monkeys on that one. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did want to check it out, but I said it's one of those. Keep forgetting it's on. Yeah, so let's quickly move on to the movies right now. If you guys are okay with that. Oh, yes. <laughs> ben, are you okay with this? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so let's, let's do Marvel first, because I think the big talking points are with DC. Um, mm. In my opinion. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. We can. We're definitely talking about the Marvel movies. So there's a lot more Marvel movies coming out than what Marvel has revealed. Uh, we know, oh. you know, the next movie after Avengers two is obviously Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Oh, um, and Ant Man. And yes, sorry, Ant Man is there as well. Um, we are also getting obviously um, Black Panther, yeah. which is probably the least excited. One I am. Uh, There's sorry. rumors that may, it may get sort of hijacked as well now that they got Spidey back. Well, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but it's it's kind of a slap in the face to that character if they just oh let's cancel him and do Spider Man. Yeah, well, no, I think originally they were putting him in to be the Spider Man character in the Civil War. Yeah, as they didn't have him, mm-hmm. and then they've just now they've got him. It may sort of throw that into, but I they may they, do it. I heard they were just they were delaying it because of it, not that they were canceling it. They were just going to push it. No, they they will have to rework what they were going to do yeah. with it. I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, then we have Doctor Strange, which I'm is another <laughs> another one of those characters that I don't think much people really know of in the comic books. Um, I know he's super powerful. Uh, they they got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to play Doctor Strange, so which is like pretty much the second best person that could have done it for me. <laughs> it's like, it's like, funny enough, Jared Leto was the original first choice, and I would have yeah. loved him to do it as well, but. It's like, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch perfectly right for that. Yeah, he's just basically like Vincent Price on acid. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, then we're getting uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I actually really enjoyed the first movie quite a bit. Um, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, again, obscure Marvel characters that a lot of people really didn't know up until the movie came out, and now it's done wonders for those characters because now they're super popular. In the yeah, yeah, I mean, they're popular than, than, more popular than some established big characters out there. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> um, then we're getting Thor Ragnarok. Which I can't wait for that, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. Depends I, what version they do. The second Thor movie was a huge disappointment. I loved it. I loved the second Thor movie. I probably gave it a pass because Christopher Eccleston was in it. That was the only reason. Like, <laughs> otherwise, it was yeah, it was alright. Like, the first four movie was surprisingly good because they got someone, they got Kenneth Branagh in to do it, and you know, he's got a Shakespearean background, so it was the perfect thing for something that is so obviously Shakespearean. Yes. So yeah, and then the second movie just sort of went a bit middle of the road and didn't really focus what he was supposed to be doing on that and you know Tom Hiddleston steals the movie again and, it's, <laughs> like, and yeah he's not really supposed to be in Ragnarok as much so 
What are you going to do there? Oh, He'll be in it, but I don't think he's as big a focal point. And again, oh. it depends on what, which Ragnarok they go with it's as well. Because they they've had to have... him at the end taking Odin's throne. Yeah. I, so, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll have an impact play, but that may have an impact play in bigger stories yeah. than just four. Well, mm -hmm. I think that'll be leading up to the, the next Avengers movie, mainly. Yeah. Yeah, so then we have Black Panther, uh, which we already mentioned, who I believe people have said may actually have appeared already in uh, Age of Ultron. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so... Sorry about it. Same. I shall see it in two days. <laughs> Yeah. Which by the um, time you've heard of this, I would have seen it. So yay, it was a sure. good movie. I have to wait until next Sunday. <laughs> but those three movies are coming out in 2017. Um, then we get to the big guys. We get Avengers: The Infinity War Part One, uh, which obviously says that Thanos is going to get his Infinity Gauntlet and all the gems. Um, that's pretty much a given there. Uh, then we have the, I think the biggest surprise of all of them was Captain Marvel, which yeah. for people who don't know is Miss Marvel and in the Carol Um I kind of want to come back to this after we talk about DC, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, but Captain Marvel and Avengers uh, Part One is scheduled for 2018, and then you have the Inhumans, which we already kind of talked about um, yeah. a little bit. Very kind of unknown group of characters. Uh, again, they'll probably become like the most popular characters in Marvel once the movie comes out. Well, yeah, because the basis is there for those <laughs> characters to do well. As I said, I like, not just because of the same name, but Black Bolt is a great character. And I think it'd be cool to see him on the big screen. Yeah. And then uh, one year after that, we get Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Um, the interesting about thing about the Avengers movies... Um, even though it has the Infinity War and obviously Thanos will most likely be the big bad here, um, the creators, the, the the directors and the writers who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy said that chances are you're not going to see these characters appear in the Avengers movies at all, which is yeah, a big I shame. I think that's just a, fr a throw off. The I w <laughs> it would have to be because... For those who also don't know, Thanos is kind of the big bad of the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's kind of the, like their main villain yeah. in their comic book. So not having them in the war against Thanos is going to be kind of weird. Unless they all die in the second movie. <laughs> that would <laughs> <Then> be I... <laughs> horrible. That <laughs> basically would be, well, this is time to reboot this universe. <laughs> Although they, I heard they're rebooting the Marvel Universe after... Well, this phase they're going to have to do something with them at some point because, yeah, it, not just age, but also you know, interests from the stars. You've already heard it with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans that not wanting to play the characters for too long. Well, it's like, you don't, if you play it for too long, you get, you get typecasted. But to be fair, who wouldn't want to be typecasted as the Iron Man? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's the reason it's become big because he did. Tony Stark so well by just playing Robert Downey Jr. Because yeah. it, he was the perfect match as a person for that character. Yeah. Both people that you know got famous, hyper-intelligent, and spent a lot of their money on booze and, yeah. <laughs> and drugs in uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s case. Uh, did you oh. guys see that annoying interview? 
Oh, the um. With Calafor. Martin Bashir. Yeah. Or where he walked out. Yeah. 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 That's the least I would have done if it was me. So good on Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> he doesn't need the bad publicity if he overreacts right now. No. Oh, come on. The guy's practically fireproof. So yeah. the fact that he came from being a drug addict mess and then being reborn as the star of Hollywood. It's just... Tw- uh, to do that twice... Tony just... Stark. <laughs> That's what I mean. He is Tony Stark. That's why it works so well. It's just... You couldn't have found a better guy for it. All right. So let's let's quickly move on to DC right now. Um, DC announced their lineup of movies before Marvel did. Um, from what I can remember. They announced it, and I think like a week or two weeks later, Marvel announced their line of movies. Um, so the first one we're getting, obviously, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, we all saw the trailer. We'll, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Um, the next one we get is Suicide Squad, which I thought was the big surprise of this list of movies as well. Mm. Um, that's coming out next year, uh, three, four months after, no, five months after Batman versus Superman. Um, then 2017, we're getting Wonder Woman, uh, the standalone movie, and Justice League Part 1 are both coming in 2017. Uh, 2018, we see The Flash and we see Aquaman. We've already seen uh, Aquaman. We see what he looks like. We know what he looks like. They've re- revealed the character already. Um, we also get Shazam. Uh, we know Black Atom is being played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which I think is, is a great cast in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's nailed on. Just... Yeah, he, he could have... Um, I don't know. He, he could have played both characters, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he was touted originally to do Shazam, wasn't he? So it was, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and I'm glad he, he went with Black Adam because I think he'd make a, a better villain than a hero. Yeah, um, he's just got that dickishness to him that works better, I think. <laughs> yeah, then we get Justice League Part 2 uh, after Shazam. The Shazam in Justice League Part 2 is 2019. And then the last two movies, uh, we get Cyborg, who's already been cast. Um, I believe they cast a stage actor. I don't remember what his name is, though. Ray Fisher. Yes, Ray Fisher. You're right. Yeah, he has literally done nothing much in the way of anything but stage stuff. So. Yeah, and then the last movie we're getting is Green Lantern um, as part of the universe. We don't know if Green Lantern will be in Batman vs. Superman. I would almost have to assume he's going to be in Justice League hmm. unless, unless they replace him with Shazam in Justice League. Which is instead. possible, yeah. What they're going with, so... Yeah, and rumors right now, um, I believe the rumors are going that they're going to go with Jon Stewart Green Lantern rather than Hal Jordan. Which is cool. I don't mind either way, but yeah, Jon Stewart Green Lantern. But then again, that was another one I would have liked The Rock to play. It's... Yeah, he would have. Like, like, he's perfectly cast for, like, four characters. In this. <laughs> he could have been Martian Manhunter if they wanted to do Martian Manhunter. Yeah, uh, see, again, <laughs> that's a character I'm disappointed hasn't been mentioned in the early build, because uh, Martian Manhunter is cool. Okay. So we apparently lost Ben, unfortunately. Oh. That sucks. Um, if, Ben, you want to, like, leave the call and then come back, no, maybe... I, no, I'm still here. I'm just saying the text chat at the side is not working. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Because I oh. had a link to the Avengers... Uh, sorry, I've got a... 
I was going to wait until the Marvel thing, but yeah. We got the opening weekend of $201 million. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I tried I, to link, it, but the chat wouldn't link. Yeah, I don't think anybody was going to doubt that movie was going to be massive sales. Yeah, um, 44. It's not even all the territories yet. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't come out in North America yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, But let's... Let's go to Batman vs Superman right now. Um, I've seen the trailer. I'm sure you've seen the trailer, Neil. Have you seen the trailer, Ben? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of controversy, a lot of hate for the trailer. Um, there's some things I picked up on on the trailer that I don't know if a lot of people did. Um, but let's start with you, Neil. What did you think of the first teaser trailer for Batman vs Superman and the theme they're going with in this movie? Neil? Neil? Uh, we've, lost, we've lost Neil. Ben? No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. So, <laughs> okay, well, for some reason, I, I muted my mic for some reason. So. Uh, see, I've been muting my mic constantly. That's why I take a few seconds to respond. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I actually did it. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's strange that they're going the opposite route of the Dark Knight Returns storyline of, you know, Superman having to take out the bothersome Batman character and rather it be Batman having to take out the bothersome Superman. And it's throwing together aspects of some great stories that DC have told. And again, it just has that feeling of being rushed. I have no problem with Ben Affleck being Batman at all. I think he's perfect for what they... Uh, the area of Batman they're going for at the minute, and that bit with the you know, the mech suit was cool. It was nice to see. Yeah, I think was it. I think it was a video gamer recently pointed out on the podcast. It's like I don't know about Henry Cavill as Superman still. It's just <laughs> the fact that you've got Superman with a receding hairline it doesn't work. It's like he's an almighty. How could he, his hair get lost? <laughs> so. <laughs> Kryptonite shaver. <laughs> Kryptonite dandruff. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about it. I'm excited for it. I kind of wish that my son was a bit older so that, you know, when it comes out next year, he could see it because you know, he's crazy for DC stuff. I've got right. it. More so. I've worked it out. I've worked out how his hairline could be receded. What's that? The stress of killing Zod has caused <laughs> him to lose his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did I, you Ben? What did you get out of the trailer? I thought, why? Superman, as we mentioned earlier, you could beat Batman if you tried. It's just not a very fair fight, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I think it'll just be a contest of who's more guilty that their parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more so, in than you, Superman. So, well, I could have saved my dad, but he told me not to, and he got smacked by a tornado. Listen to the Nostalgia Critics song of Superman. It's an oldish song where he did, he did it as a joke of Man of Steel. It's amazing. I'd recommend it. <laughs> uh, basically, at one point, it's just like, Batman's like, oh, my parents are dead. Mine died too. Well, you're copying me, and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> just them trying to have an emo off at one point. Pretty much does, especially the way they've gone with Superman in Man of Steel. He's just a bit more angsty. It's just like, oh. just like he's. Superman. He's like, whoa, 
Whoa, Superman, that's a bit too far. Well, he didn't. <laughs> technically, it wasn't a man. It was a, it was a fellow Superman that you killed. Well, to, to be fair, for all the people who really hated Man of Steel because of that one scene, you could see. Like, I think they portrayed the emotion he was going through in that scene perfectly. Like, yeah. he knew he he had no choice. He tried to stop it from happening, and he realized he had no choice. And I think the emotion that Henry Cavill portrayed in that moment was brilliant, in my opinion. Why did he just tell them to duck or move to the side? They're in the corner. Azaki, Azad was moving his whole head. Come on, Ben. What are you doing, man? <laughs> As a film, uh, I didn't have that much of a problem with that with Man of Steel, but I did like the way they were going with Superman Returns. I did like Brandon and Ralph. As Superman, he was perfect Superman, in my opinion. But I understand the need for the reboot that they wanted to fit with this more gritty. Rolls my eyes at that one. It's an area they went with Batman and just making it more grounded and true to life. It's, I don't, it just sucks the fun out of Superman. <laughs> just the idea of just, oh, woe is me, I am Batman, but super powerful. I'm very, very guilty about not saving my parents in a very preventable way just because someone might see me being super fast. It's just, ah, it aggravated me. It's like, and then when I read it, like I said to you, I read Earth One as well, which is mainly what it's based off of, bar you know, swapping out Zod. And, yeah, and again, it just infuriated me more because it's like, that's how you could have told the story. It's like, you didn't need all this emotional bullshit. I don't mind the bit, like you said, with, Zod, because it makes sense that you know he didn't want to have to it to come to that, but it did, and that's why he reacts like he does. Not a problem there. It's just the all the stuff preceding it, where he's just mopey and oh well, no, I'm just super powered and no one understands me. So I think it's 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 ah, uh, it's like we had Smallville for this. We don't need a whole movie where you carry on being a mopey teenager. Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I totally get it. I uh, For me, uh, I thought the trailer was actually very well done. Um, again, it didn't reveal much of anything, uh, quite honestly, except that the world either loves or hates Superman. Yeah, um, I think it's like you've got a cult following almost, I think. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, that I, I really cut up on. Uh, every time you see Superman in the trailer, you see that he's kind of just like standing over humanity. Mm. You know, he's either flying over them or he's standing over them. They're kneeling in front of him as if he's, he's kind of taken on the part of like their God. And we, you know, we see that part where it says false God, uh, you know, yeah. his statue. Uh, we obviously see Metropolis has been rebuilt um, probably with his help. Um, I, I really thought that was very interesting. Even when, you know, he's flying over Batman again, you know, he's over Batman. He's over everybody, you know, um, I thought that was very interesting the way they portrayed it. We also saw the soldiers um, with the Superman patch, his mm. logo pat on their shoulder, um, kind of reminiscent of the Injustice Gods Among Us story and what happened there. Yeah, it always does seem like there'd be a balance between telling the Dark Knight Returns story and Injustice mm -hmm. with the switching of roles that, not necessarily him being evil, but him getting caught up in the euphoria of it all. You know, the, yeah. Being deity to everyone because he's young and impressionable still and he doesn't really know what he's doing in the superhero role which is where Batman comes in because he's the grizzled veteran 
Yeah. You know, World Weary, and it's like, well, this guy's just being a dick, so we're going to have to take it down. <laughs> Where's my kryptonite gloves? It's... Yeah, yeah. like I, I think they've they've hinted at kryptonite in this movie, but they haven't said how it's going to be revealed or shown or if they're actually going to use it. Hmm. Anyway, um, who knows? Maybe in this fight, Batman doesn't take Superman and that's Wonder Woman comes in and helps or Aquaman comes in and helps. Yeah. We don't really know. They're like like I said, the trailer didn't really tell us much of anything except yeah, that they've taken established ideas and changed it into slightly new variations, which is good in the respect of giving you something you didn't know was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, when yeah. I like that in the first Spider-Man movie where they played on the old Gwen Stacy goblin death scene, but replacing it with Mary Jane and then not having her killed, but. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was nice to have those little twists on the established uh, formula. I keep saying established. It sounds like... <laughs> but, yeah, on having that formula and then doing something new with it, but still being respectful to it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm hoping that they do that. No, I, I, I still think the movie is going to be great. Well, I won't say the movie is going to be great. I think it's going to be... Well, I think it's going to be great, personally. Um, I'm I excited think, for the it, characters. But, it will be very successful. All the people saying that it's going to fail miserably, it's not. No, nah, nah, not a chance. <laughs> There's no way. If you put Superman and Batman in one movie, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it does more money than Captain America 3, uh, Civil War, personally. But, um, yeah, like there, there's a lot of themes in the trailer that I just found very interesting. The part where he's where they show like the pillars um, and Batman's kind of standing there when the lightning flashes. Mm. You know, I... I Personally, to me, that looks like the place where Superman killed Zod. Um, kind of the, the little subway station. You kind of see what looks like a coffin or maybe his Batmobile. It's really hard to tell what it is. Yeah, it did look kind of like the Batmobile. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, there's a lot of stuff. There's Batman, you know, when he's standing on, on that roof with what looks like a sniper rifle in his hand. Yeah. You know, does he kill people? What is he doing? We don't know. Um, but I think it's, well, it could be a kryptonite bullet. So. Yeah, I to to me the, the the one thing I took the most the the at the end of the trailer when you know what we assume Batman is the one talking when he says do you bleed uh, you will you know obviously it's it's hinting that it's Batman who's saying it um, I'm not one hundred percent sure if it is um, there's uh, the people who first reported that um, Jesse Eisenberg was cast as Lex Luthor I think. They they reported it reported it like two months before the official announcement came out. Yeah, um, those same people also reported that Matawa was also going to be in this movie, um, and mm-hmm. he may be the big villain that they team up against to defeat. And if that's the case, um, I can easily see that being the voice of Matawa because yeah. it does sound very robotic. Um, which I think for this kind of movie, I think having Lex Luthor, you know, build Metallo and having Metallo kind of be the, the, the thing that brings the two of them together to, to, to team up. And form Justice League effectively as well. Yeah, I think would be a, a great fit because I don't see like I just don't see the two of them. Like if you're going to have action sequences in this movie, it can just be Batman fighting Superman the whole time. No, uh, it probably could be the midpoint scene. Uh, that's right, I'd say, it, because you can't finish a film on it. No, you, you can't, can't especially if this is supposed to lead into Justice League. Yeah. 
you know so somebody somebody else has to be the big bad in this movie we can say it's lex luther but i don't think they're gonna go and give him his power suit in this movie right away that would just no he'll have to taste defeat a few times i think over several movies to sort of build him and his hatred Mm -hmm. so that's just my take on it um I, I, I still believe there's going to be a villain in this movie that they haven't even announced is going to be in this movie yet. Um, but yeah, that that's Batman Superman. I still think it'll be good. I'm fine with the dark tone. I think it fits the Batman universe, obviously more than the Superman universe. Um, I think I like what Zack Snyder's doing visually because that's the one thing Zack Snyder does very well as a director is his films are visually very striking. Mm-hmm. And you just get these great scenes and that's he cuts the trailer well in that respect. Yeah, my only problem is is that you know, content-wise, he's usually a bit shallow. Yeah, yeah. Like, I totally agree with you on that one. It's like okay. Watchmen is a case in point there, where it's like visually it was outstanding to look at, and but inside it was just not a patch on the actual comic book. Yeah, but see that that's where the writers come in, and if it's written mm. well, which I think it will be, because I know Ben Affleck is helping to write this movie. Yeah, um, and Ben Affleck. From what I've seen, the last four movies that he's written were all fantastic movies. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like people, it was amazed me the most that people went back to that well of hating Ben Affleck for being Ben Affleck. Yeah. Having done, having done so much good in movies recently. Yeah, you, you don't win an Academy Award if you yeah. suck. But most of that's down to the Daredevil thing. And again, that wasn't his fault. He was... Yeah. Eh. <laughs> you only have to look at what happened to... the people involved and that's uh, Mark Johnson who did the um, who directed Daredevil went on to do Ghost Rider so you know (laughs) says it all really doesn't it let's never mention that movie again uh, or the sequel (laughs) it's somehow worse (laughs) but but let's let's quickly move on to Suicide Squad here Um, Mm. I think this movie right now is being pushed um, at least by Warner Brothers more than Batman vs Superman is I think it's getting a lot more press, that's for sure. Um, we know the cast, you know, the big gu- the big guns, Will Smith, Gerald Leto, uh, is it Robbie Margot or Mar- Margot Robbie? Robbie Margot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Margot Robbie, yeah, sorry. Harley Quinn, you know, a lot of characters are going to be in this movie. A lot. Uh, I believe Killer Croc is going to be in this movie as one of the villains. Yeah. yeah, he's been cast as well. Yeah, there's. it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but... De- uh, Deathstroke is supposed to be in this movie. Um, obviously, Joker is in this movie. It, it's a very star-studded cast, not just from actors, but from the characters. Yeah, you've got... Um, yeah, it's rumored that Jesse Eisenberg will be in it as well as Luther. And Ben Affleck as Batman as well. Yeah. Um, There's also um, Enchantress as well. Yeah, Captain, Captain Rank. So. Yeah. So, yeah, and the They're... people in it, you know, it's an interesting cast and a good mix of people. So it's... Mm-hmm. I mean, Will Smith being you know, the big name in there, but yeah, so. oh, yeah, uh, but yeah, huge star, huge stars in this movie. Um, obviously, the it, the first official image of Gerald Leto as the Joker came out. Again, super controversial. A lot of people hating on it. It's not comic book Joker, but then again, none of the live action movies ever really been comic book characters, in my opinion. No, I think it was pointed out this week very true that the movie jokers have all just been versions of the 1960s tv show version of joker yeah 
just ramped up slightly each time. They dressed basically the same as that guy. They basically had the same. I mean, Jack Nicholson was just a slight remove from that, and then he pledges just the more serious version of that. And so it's nice to see them go back to the manic sort of style. Yeah, and it fits in. And going with what they said about Jesse Eisenberg's Let's Luther, that you know he's a young punk that's you know snot nosed and doesn't like authority and wants to be this big you know billy big bollocks it fits in that characters are like that in that universe so the joker again being like that that people moan most about that tattoo on his forehead saying damage that oh why would the joker bother having tattoos it's like he didn't have the patience of these things it's like he's the exact sort of person that would do something that just doesn't make sense it's just that i mean he'd be the first to put something ironic on his head like damaged just because it's funny to him mm. but it's it's something about i like jared leto as well as an actor he's a fine actor yeah. and he's i just think he'll do a really good take on it it just again it's that whole thing that happened with heath ledger and you know, oh he's rubbish for the role he shouldn't do it he shouldn't do it and then everyone went crazy about it. but then in the years since then, you just get more and more of the backlash of going, well, he wasn't actually that good, like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's people always just go back to change of opinion just to fit what they don't like now. Yeah. And Jared Lowe is one of those with that. But he, like, he, he definitely has big shoes to fill. Um, yeah. It was, that's why it needs to be a different take. It, he can't do the same thing. Yeah, it, it was always going to be a challenge casting the Joker, in my opinion, because he's such a beloved character. Um, yeah, it it was always going to be a, a, a challenge, just like it's always going to be a challenge to cast Batman. Like, who would be yeah. good for Batman? You know. Um, but yeah, um, I I personally am fine with the look. It's definitely it fits with the style that we kind of have now. You know, um, the the tattoos are fine. Everything to me is everything. I, I remember reading uh, one of the tweets like. Because it says damaged on his forehead, and it's like, great, now everybody's going to blame Gerald Leto when idiots tattooed damaged on their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> there is also a thing that I think that maybe they're not even real tattoos, that he's drawn them on. It's just <laughs> something that maybe. makes sense it, of the character, you know? Yeah, um, I only have two issues with, not, well, well with the picture, quite honestly. Um, yeah. First, I don't think the the picture they used was a very good one. Um. I know they try to mimic the uh, the killing joke uh, image mm. of the Joker. Um, I personally uh, not the hugest fan of of the promotional picture they used for this one. That and yeah. the teeth, the teeth really throw me off. Every time I try to look at him, my eyes just always go to the teeth. Yeah, at first it didn't strike me what was overly different beyond it being sort of. I hate to say even youthful Joker because Jared Leto is past forty. You know, he doesn't look it, but he is, and it's like, but. Yeah, it's just a youthful take on the Joker, almost. But, which bothers me only slightly if Ben Affleck's supposed to be the older Batman. And you've got this younger Joker coming in. They're going to meet, obviously, at some point mm-hmm. you know, later. And you're going to have to start asking, like, did they have history or is it their first meeting? Yeah, this is it. How do you get around it? And it's, I like it in the sense of not having to just drag in a story when you do get Batman against Joker again mm. and just have him as being an established villain that does his own thing. I This is a thing like this. This is pretty much what Marvel, well, Sony wanted to do with um, 
Sinister, Sinister Six movie, you know, where you get the bad guys together and just to squabble amongst themselves but have to work together. And, yeah, I think it could be a good dynamic in that. I think having someone like the Joker in there and messing things up, and plus having Harley Quinn there and having that dynamic too. It's... Yeah, because now it actually asks the question, like, what kind of Harley Quinn are we going to get if this is the kind of Joker we have? Yeah, now this is the thing. Joker, he's had his on-screen personas. But Harley Quinn, you know, everyone knows Harley Quinn as one thing. And that's, you know, the Tara Strong-esque voice, of squeaky-voiced yeah. you know, Harley Quinn that everyone knows and loves. And it's like, to do anything different to that, people are going to go batshit, you know, <laughs> to say the least. Especially how her popularity has exploded mm. recently. Like, she was nowhere near as popular as she is now. No, and to be honest, if it all goes well, she'll be even more popular again. Yeah. Because it, you will get you know, females that didn't really, weren't, you know, not big into comic book stuff, but because of the explosion of comic book stuff in the mainstream, will adopt that look if the look's right, you know, and just have an aspect of it. It can change a lot. You know, you get, it's like people got obsessed with the sort of Joker fashion and, when it's, it's a good character to have on screen if you can do it right it's sell you a lot of merchandise as well as being you know, something you can keep coming back to making money through movies as well yeah so I'm, I'm hoping they get it not right but just respectful yeah uh, what about you Ben I know you had a lot of problems with the Joker look Unmute yourself then. Um, <laughs> sorry, I tried to mute myself. Unmute myself with my headset. I forgot I mute myself with Skype. <laughs> uh, so oh. people in the chat are now going to hear me hear my mic saying mute on and off probably. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, it's weird. I don't really. I, I have. I don't really have an issue with it. I just find it weird. It's the Joker, so he's weird. So I, I, I don't mind it. But at the same time, it's weird. If you understand, if you understand what I get to, I don't dislike it, but I'm not a big fan of it either. It's just I'm waiting until it's actually on the screen before I can really. Yeah, I mean, it tell. doesn't really tell the character. Yeah, maybe a lot like Marilyn Manson, it would be amazing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the big no. reveal. Maybe the Joker is now Marilyn Manson. I, I think he'll be closer to the cartoon, the animated series, and Arkham series sort of joker than the recent movie ones i think it'll be you know he'll be stupid making jokes like that but also have that sinister edge to him which is what you want it's that's joker in a nutshell you know you want that playful nature that's got a knife hidden behind its back it would work so well and you think about it, no one's really done it properly on screen with joker in that sense so mark hamill's version of it is how everyone wants the Joker to be on screen. They should just have Mark Hamill dub the voice over Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I think Jared could probably do a fair approximation of that voice. Yeah. But yeah, let's. Okay, so talked about that. Let's let's quickly uh, just talk about two more uh, things really fast. Um, uh, I actually want to talk about the Justice League movie first before we get to Wonder Woman. Um, after 
seeing the first trailer for Batman for, for versus Superman, we, we kind of talked about who's going to be the villain in the Justice League movie. Mm. Um, a lot of rumors going around that it's most likely going to be Darkseid. Um, I don't think it should be Darkseid. I think that's a bad idea. Um, after seeing the trailer for Batman vs. Superman, my thoughts now is if they're kind of going this route, what's to stop them from having Superman be the bad guy in Justice League? Yeah, because nice. um, injustice. Exactly, <laughs> he was <laughs> in injustice. <laughs> oh. But you know, it's you know the John Cena effect. Funnily enough, of you know, oh, yeah. when you when your good guy's a good guy, it's very hard to make him a bad guy and keep making the same amount of money from him. If you go mainstream with Superman and you turn him bad, it may not work out, and then you've got to go and retool the whole thing again. I think they, I don't think they'll play it that risky. So, which, to be fair, DC have done a lot of risky things with their you know, casting. Yeah, you know, Marvel gets very spot on with a lot of theirs, but you know, Jared Leto as a person, an actor, great fit for the Joker. What they're doing with him is different. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. A lot of people say they don't get how he could be, but I do. If anyone's seen The Social Network, Jesse Eisenberg and that, that. He's a fantastic uh, actor. Yeah, I mean, look at that performance. That is the bare bones for making Lex Luthor. Yeah. Straight away. And I think so far my only slight quibble with any of the casting has been Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. She just doesn't come across as being particularly tough looking to me yeah but she was ex-military so yeah but she, she just doesn't look it you know what I mean? it's, like, it's not anything against her I and mean, she may be good in the role it's just it, if you're going for the look and feel of a character she's not there as far as i see wonder woman on screen yeah but before we get to wonder woman though um who do you personally believe should be the villain of justice league who did mm. the Hmm. It's a tough one. Brainiac would be one I'd like to see, but uh, so many. <laughs> this, this is the thing. It's like, uh, no, who's the guy? Guy that's lived for hundreds of years with the big old mutton chops. Oh, what's his name? No, not Black Adam. Ah, oh, it's gonna bug me now. <laughs> anyway, you carry on talking. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I personally believe that it, Brainiac is the best choice for them to do. Um, Brainiac. If you do Brainiac, you can easily kind of go in and show off what each of the characters can do because they're essentially just destroying robots. Um, Superman can go all out on robots. He doesn't have to hold back. Um, obviously, Batman will have a fighting chance because let's face Ooh. it. I remember who it was. <laughs> Sorry, Bad Savage. Sorry, I was just gonna say, but if if it's anybody other than Brainiac, Batman will pretty much be useless in the fight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, at least with Brainiac, he can go and destroy robots, whatever, and it can show off what everybody can do quite easily. And then they can kind of link it if they want to to Man of Steel and what happened on Krypton and how it exploded. 
they can bring back Russell Crowe because um, I know they've been talking about bringing him back in some capacity uh, as his father. Um, they can easily bring him back, you know, interacting with Brainiac on planet Krypton if they wanted to. Um, yeah. I, I just feel Darkseid is just too powerful to bring in right away as your first villain because I don't think anybody can really eclipse Darkseid if you go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, the other choice that I think Matt Fernandez said, which I think will be actually a pretty cool choice, um, would be the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> yeah. If they just throw in the Sinestro Corps trying to invade Earth, I mean, you can easily introduce Green Lanterns right there in that movie. Um, but it was just a cool little thought, I thought. Then the best twist for that would be have it so that... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I know what you're going to say. Batman becomes a villain. Because <laughs> <laughs> he joins the Snesser Corp gets a yellow powering. Uh, I was actually going to go with Ryan Reynolds appears as Green Lantern, but Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, sorry. I think Batman would be amazing. It would be a weird twist, that. They could do, like, the Tower of Babel if they wanted to. Yeah. Hmm. Which would be kind of interesting, but then you'd have then Batman would actually have a fighting chance against Superman, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Not really. Maybe. Um, but what what were you gonna say, Neil? Who do you think? I, I was gonna say Vandal Savage was another one. Oh yeah, he got he got a lot of love in the uh, cartoons, the uh, Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Just the fact that he was for anyone that doesn't know, he's a caveman that got exposed to powers off a meteorite and then basically was smarter than anyone else and just manipulates history to suit his liking so he ends up being a pharaoh and helps kill julius caesar all that and basically yeah he takes on like the early versions of the justice league which i think is the justice society or something isn't it and um then he goes on to end up taking on the um yeah what i'm saying yeah he forms the injustice society of the world and, yeah, he does go after the Justice League after a while and gets people like Clayface and Solomon Grundy and that onto his team. So maybe not this film, the first one but of Justice League films, but he could be another good villain if you wanted him to introduce a bunch of other villains in. Yeah. What about you, Ben? I'll, I'm going to go with the standard Brainiac answer because I think that'd be perfect. Yeah. Uh, but it would make a Marvel DC movie. <laughs> yes so that that's kind of the problem huh? marvel did it first yeah um but obviously there's there's a lot of things they can do they can do the war with atlantis um they can do you know the amazon the amazonians trying to invade there's plenty of things they can do but i think brainiac is is the best choice in my opinion but something tells me they'll still go and do dark side instead even though that should, I'd say that'd be like the third, like with this, we'll have it as the third movie. Yeah, you know, like with Avengers, where they've had the smaller villain, slightly bigger villain, and then they're going to have Thanos on the third movie as the big, big villain. Yeah. Alrighty, let's let's quickly talk about Wonder Woman really fast because, in my opinion, this is probably the most important movie of all of these. Hmm for DC because this can this movie can either break it or make it for them um, in every way um, obviously this is huge because it's kind of the first 
superhero movie technically in this generation where the female is the lead. Um, and because it's Wonder Woman who is arguably the most recognized fictional character on the planet, um, you really can go, you, you can't have this movie fail for DC in any way. Um, I know they're hiring a female director, specifically a female director to make this movie. And I can see why they're doing it. Um, obviously the whole feminist issue going on right now, um, equal rights and all that. If, if a male makes this movie and he makes her look weak. Um, hmm. I thought the female director left. They hired, they hired a new one. Okay. Um, if, if a male does it and he makes her look weak, if she's constantly getting her ass kicked in the movie, um, that could be a lot of backlash on the director because he's a male and that's how he portrayed her. And I think it's smart. It's actually really smart, in my opinion, for DC to hire a female director to do it because then they can be like, well, a female made it, so obviously she saw it that way. You know? Which, you know, being studio interference as it is, you know, you know that'll never be the truth. <laughs> no, because there's always going to be the backlash, no matter what. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, 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 even if a man did write, say a man did write it, and they made her strong and independent and all that lot, then people go, oh, "It's just his fan, his fetishes." Yeah, that'd be the backlash. <laughs> yeah, this is where Joss Whedon would be perfect. Yeah. To be honest, yes, he, and he, I know he can write women. He's wanted to do Wonder Woman for a very long time. Yeah, and the fact that that's he's strong at making strong women characters. Mm. He's it's one of his best facets. So, you know, yeah, if I DC, I'd be wanting to get him to get in and do that. But then he may be a bit burnt out now from doing Avengers. Avengers, yeah. But like I said, I think this is the most important one for them out of all of them to succeed. I think Wonder Woman has to succeed for them. And um, I quickly want to touch upon um, Captain Marvel really quickly because I think... The only, well, not the only reason. The biggest reason they're doing Captain Marvel is a response to Wonder Woman. Mm. Um, the reason I say this is before the announcement of the Marvel movies, um, there leaked an image that confirmed all the movies that Marvel has planned in in this second um, phase. Um, most of them we already know were confirmed to be the right ones. Um, others on here are... Actually, one of them only is different. They have Avengers Age of Ultron. They have Ant-Man and Captain America, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Black Panther, and the Inhumans. Uh, the only two changes that leaked were Avengers Civil War, which was going to be the third Avengers movie. Mm. And then the other one that was removed completely was World War Hulk, which would have been an awesome movie. Yeah. If they... but the thing is, they've still yet to get him right in his own movie. Yes. I think that's the problem. I think that would have been a step too far to do until they got him right and yeah. used him on screen. Um, that was the original list that leaked. Uh, I actually believe this is a very correct list because a lot of the font that they've used in these in this leaked image is actually the same font they used in the actual announcement. <laughs> Um, and obviously, from here, you can tell Hulk was removed and replaced with Captain Marvel. Um, I, I firmly believe this move was done specifically to combat Wonder Woman. And I mean, it might in there. It just might have moved things around in the scheduling. It's like Hulk may have moved to the next part of the plan and you know, brought 
Captain Marvel nearer as a result. It's like because they already had Jessica Jones pretty much announced as well. Mm-hmm. So they were doing something, and plus Agent Carr as well. So they they have had that side to it already. But yeah, on the movie front, they probably wanted to go. Well, yeah, we're not going to forget that there as well. Yeah. Um, it's also important to know that Marvel is also looking for a female director to do Captain Marvel. They're not mm-hmm. looking for a male director. Um, and as far as I could remember, I believe Angelina Jolie is in line right now to do that. Really? Yeah, to direct. What, direct I was going to direct it? Yeah, yeah direct the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let her act in it, please. <laughs> um, but going back to Wonder Woman really quick, um, and going back to the Rocksteady thing that we talked about, I think this is the reason Rocksteady will do Wonder Woman as well. It's, again, to push that female character mm. um, to coincide with the release of the movie as well. Because if the movie fails, at least they have the video game that could be successful with that character. That's it. And possibly build a bridge for making a better movie the next time around, if it gets that chance. Yeah. And I think for Rocksteady especially, I think Wonder Woman would be the easiest to transition into their engine, at least mm. combat-wise. Um, yeah. That and they might actually get the chance. Now that um, Arkham Knight is rated M, um, it's very easy to do Wonder Woman rated M if they can get away with it now because we know in the comics she's actually more violent than people think she is. She's killed people easily without remorse <laughs> in the comic books. Um so yeah, I, I just wanted to say that about Wonder Woman. To me personally, I think this is the most important movie for DC to get right out of all of them right now. Yeah, well, because in most cases they've already got the characters right once. You know, it's like Superman's been done right, Batman's been done right, and she's part of the Holy Trinity. It's, yeah, and she has yet to really have that chance. But yeah, that that's all I wanted to say. So, any other thoughts from you guys? No, I think I'm done on that one. Nothing from, from Ben? Okay. Um, well, I think that's really all there is that we can say right now. Obviously, there's more to talk about, but I think it's time for us to wrap up. It's been, <laughs> it's been three hours. Incredibly long podcast. <laughs> We've I actually might, surpassed the... I have to sort of get it split into two. <laughs> that's fine. That's perfect comic book material. So, yeah. Stay tuned we'll for next it. week's episode. Same. <laughs> we'll see. Same we'll Gary serialize channel, it. Same Gary time. <laughs> Gary yeah. time. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously there's some stuff we didn't touch up on, like the rest of the movies. Um, we'll probably, if we do a second one, we'll touch upon those. And obviously, when more information comes out as we get closer to the release of the movies there'll be more to talk about. So if you guys like this podcast or comic book podcast, uh, please let us know and we'll do more. Obviously there is the independent stuff we didn't talk about. Uh, IDW, Dark Horse, Top Cow. We can maybe get into those because those actually have a lot of movies coming out as well. Um, that a lot of people don't know are actual movies from comic books. But, um, but yeah, um, any shout outs from you guys? Anyone? Ooh. Uh, mind if I just hijack the end of this podcast because we're not doing Unchained this week that's okay, okay. Uh, it's your podcast so I don't mind uh, it's up to you well I, I kind of want to do the uh, how they can reach you first ah, okay. <laughs> well, you can... so Neil 
How can people reach you to talk geeky comic book nerdy stuff? They can, they can reach me on Twitter at Nezko, which is N-E-Z-K-O, all lowercase. On PSN, if you wish to bother me there, it's Son of Venom, as previously mentioned. And that's all lowercase, one word. And neil.bolt at psu.com on the old emails would be for me as well. You can debate with me about how awesome these things are, like uh, Spider-Man. He's great. (laughs) Yeah, and Ben, how can people argue with you about who's better, Marvel or DC? Uh, You can argue with me at ben.shubehall at psu.com or chili underscore UK on Twitter or chili on PSN. Or in my face. Or in my face. <laughs> <laughs> just come up to us on the street and just go, you're bro, you're bro. What's up with the Spider-Man love? <laughs> That's awesome. And if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Gagalush on Twitter. That's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. Or you can email me on my PSU podcast at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com. Um, ben, is your hijack a last sentence? Uh, no, it's that competition I'm doing. It was supposed okay. to be on Unchained, but obviously oh. no Unchained this oh, week. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Uh, just quick. Uh, I'm giving away a copy of Call of Duty Black Ops Harden Edition. If you want a chance to win, who is the protagonist of Black Ops 2 that returned from Black Ops 1? Uh, please email me at the email address you just heard about or unchained at psu.com or 4geogamers at gmail.com, I think it was. Um with your answer, the uh, I'm going to give it a couple of weeks. I'm going to end date yet. The UK residents only really please because it's a UK copy, and there we go. Done. I will go check out topthefourfall.com. <laughs> Bad comics there. Uh, you talk so fast, Ben. Uh, but well, before we go, just one last question for you guys. Uh, just give me a straight answer. I don't need an explanation. If an all-out war breaks out between Marvel and DC, who wins? Neil. Frank Castle. Frank Castle. <laughs> ben, who wins? Marvel. Marvel? Yeah. Okay. I'm going I mean, with... It depends on what canon. It doesn't matter. It's an all-out <laughs> war. They're all fighting. All the cannons are fighting each other. Well, Reed Richards' son has the ability to warp time and space, so... Doesn't matter. Shotgun to the face. <laughs> Frank Castle wins. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. For me, Superman, hands down, kills everybody because 100% power, nothing can kill him. Kryptonite bombs. Well, if we go with actual yeah. characters, I'm going to go with Deadpool. I mean, we already <sighs> saw him kill everyone else in Deadpool versus Marvel. So. Aye, same. Frank Castle did it too. In fact, he was very smart. The way he killed the Hulk is the smartest way ever. He waited until Bruce Banner fell asleep and killed him. <laughs> He realized he didn't want to fight the Hulk, so after killing everyone in Avengers using um, Ant-Man's spoilers, by the way, this is an old comic, though. He, he used Ant-Man's, you know, uh, ability to shrink himself. Killed oh, everyone in Avengers except for Bruce Banner. And when Bruce Banner um, ripped him apart and went off to cry for some reason over all the event- all his friends dying, Bruce Banner, uh, what's it, Deadpool waited until he was sleeping and killed him. Wow. <laughs> Friday. Everybody, thank you for listening. Um, if we do a second one, we'll definitely touch upon the X-Men movie, um, Gambit, uh, Deadpool, those movies. Sorry we didn't get to them. Uh, but yeah, 
thank you all for listening and uh, have a good night. Bye.